How to win a bar fight and practice diplomacy while negotiating a bounty on your head. From Civil Wars, Whistleblower Tactics, Schematic Drafting, and the Finer Points of Sith Adoption, The Essential How-To Guide for the Engineering Jedi, by Jack Daw read by Sam Gabriel, based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 20 I am the Guardian of the Night. The dappled light of the sun shining through the thinning clouds was a truly magnificent sight to behold, Luke decided. Shimmering streaks of gold threaded the sky as it refracted through the rain, culminating in a stunning display of colors cast against the clouds as Kinyohamu was drawn across the sky. Although here they'd be called rainbows, he guessed, or, well, rainbow, singular, that was still a bit strange to him. But he supposed that's what it meant to exist on a different planet. Tucked underneath the eaves of the palace, high above the ground and nestled between the elaborately carved support struts of the roof, Luke sighed as he watched the spectacular view. Sitting on a shelf created by some especially audacious filigree work, he watched over the palace, utterly at peace. Or he would be if the soft tapping of the rain and the bustle of the courtyard below wasn't regularly interrupted by the cycling of a respirator. Refusing to turn his head away from the spectacular view, Luke glanced down along his sides to where a certain black-clad cyborg was patiently clinging to the walls, hands curved into claws like an overgrown urasai. Tucked into the shadow of the eaves, Vader almost melted away into the darkness if it wasn't for the light reflecting off of select armor plates. There was something distinctly unfair about the moment he'd seen Vader eyeing him from one of the windows below him, thinking that the man was far too heavy for the eve's support struts to hold, and then to see him simply disregard all of that by sinking his claws into the grooves of the stone wall and scale it that way. The lack of acknowledgement and time spent clinging to the wall didn't seem to bother him either, as Luke could vaguely sense a patient amusement circling the shields he'd put up in defiance. No, it was not sulking. No matter what the little voice inside his head said that sounded suspiciously like Biggs. Resolutely turning his gaze away again, Luke refused to be the one to break the stalemate and instead focused on the still admittedly extraordinary sight in front of him. After freeing himself of the hunters and his most urgent obligations afterwards, and having managed to get out of the chambers he'd been stashed in by the wider security detail, he finally got a moment to himself to simply enjoy the spectacle that was water falling from the sky, and he wasn't prepared to give it up just yet. A sigh of static could be heard below him as Vader's presence once again softly prodded at the edge of his storm shield, requesting access. He hesitated for a moment, but a soft, inquisitive rumble from below him eventually had him sighing and reaching back tentatively through the bond, allowing a small gap in his shield. A dark warmth reached back twining itself around his weary mind and soothing itself over the tension he still kept within himself. Scratching sounds from beneath him signaled Vader closing the last of the gap between them 
and beside him Vader slowly came into view, scaling the wall with nothing but his hands, looking perfectly at ease while doing so. With casual care, he clambered up between the support struts of the eaves until he was level with where Luke had crouched down in the decorative filigree. He made no attempt to join Luke on his little shelf, seemingly in agreement over the fact that it wouldn't hold him. So there they were, both of them shrouded in the shadows of the eaves, high above the courtyard ground. Luke sighed as he offered his home a dip of his head in acknowledgement before staring back out to the rainy skies, watching the golden sunbeams drift across it from where the sun broke through the clouds, while keeping only a half-eye on the man next to him. The respirator cycled a few times before another scratching sound could be heard as Vader let go with one hand in order to watch the skies like he did. A soft sense of wonder pulsed along through the bond, and Luke couldn't stop a small smile from appearing as he sent back his own sense of peace and amazement. There was just something incredibly miraculous about this view, even as he realized it was probably common for the people who lived here. For a moment, just a moment, they were perfectly at peace watching the rain fall, hidden far above the ground from the view of the people. Of course, it couldn't last. It is not like you to run from what needs to be done, Vader noted quietly, Kerala rolling off his tongue with greater smoothness than ever before, still watching the rain even as Luke glanced aside. Run from danger and conflict, yes, but not your responsibilities. He turned his head, and Luke found himself with questioning red lenses and a soft, careful pulse of inquisitiveness across the bond. What happened? was the question that echoed silently between them. Runners are not meant to be rewarded for our service, he muttered quietly, turning back to watch the rain while he propped up a leg to rest his chin on as he recalled the lessons imparted to him all those years ago. We enjoy a certain privileged status amongst the community when functioning in our role as runners. An immunity to most laws written down by mortal hands. He grunted as he shifted to switch to a fully relaxed position, resting his back against the support strut he was seated on. A social exemption from class, status, hierarchy, authority, everything, he continued quietly the rain almost drowning out his words. The storm governs our actions and retaliates swiftly if we step out of line. We belong to the wilds, are relegated to the edges of the communities, and as such, are permitted to be wild cards amongst the people. That is what we gain out of being runners and runners. It wasn't much, he could admit that. There was little freedom in how they used that immunity, bound as they were to act in the interests of protecting, guarding, and serving the communities of the desert first, and his own self-preservation second. There was many a cautionary tale about runners growing vicious and cruel off of their power, and being unceremoniously driven, howling, barking, screaming mad, struck down by lightning, or torn apart by the very crate they treated with of runners meeting horrific ends for asking payment of those who had done nothing to begin with. 
The life of a runner was one of power, yes, but also one of constant sacrifice. You didn't become a runner for the perks, and even Luke could admit that to be a runner was to choose a lonely, brutal, and desperately unsafe life that was often as short as it was filled with violence. Runners lived fast and died young, often painfully so. It was a life where to grow old was a rarity to be feared, and one where each meeting between local runners would see an ever-rotating crowd of faces as runners were sworn in and met their end again. It was a life one didn't choose for simple reasons. Storm's wings, it had been nothing less than a miracle that he'd survived for as long as he did, with the amount of notoriety he'd gained. He wet his lips as he tried to formulate the visceral reaction he'd had when the Quadras had finally grown tired of waiting and approached him directly in order to put to rest their debt and made it clear that they wouldn't take no for an answer. We... aren't privileged to enjoy the protections and securities of civilization and community, he began carefully trying to express the sheer otherness that it was to be a runner. We are creatures of the wild. In the most literal sense there is, we carry with us the power of the sovereign of the borderless, and it shows. We erode away at the very foundations of the status quo, of civilization. We invite the wilderness into cities and homes merely by being present. Wild animals and weather follow in our footsteps wherever we lead them. Old stories, old warnings, old myths told from generation to generation and rarely taken for truth even as they were adhered to just in case. Old stories, old warnings, old myths, all confirmed true after his Keshantana Barakesh. The sheer fright his aunt and uncle had gotten when, the very day after he'd gained his wings, They'd found him in the foothills, neighboring their property, singing in a trance to the lesser crate circling above. They'd rushed him to the homestead, only to find several Anuba sleeping in the shadow of the house and rooting around the entrance. The fear they'd felt, when the pack had growled at them and he'd growled back, as natural as breathing, as easy as a hum. We aren't permitted to really be a part of society beyond residing on the fringes, Luke continued quietly, at least when operating as a runner. If we're careful to keep our identities a secret, we can still participate in some ways, even if people instinctively know that we're not really one of them. They don't often resent us for it, even as they fear us, but it's clear we do not belong, that we are something other. So in return for gaining no protection from society, we are permitted to also ignore its restrictions and mores in favor of the law of the wild. Shun from society and yet expected to save it, Vader muttered lowly, and Luke snorted quietly. Yes, he agreed, watching a sunbeam drift across the courtyard below in a brilliant display of thousands of strands of golden light. But I understand why. The very day after my initiation, dragons circled the homestead, 
as Anuba nested in its shadow. He clicked his tongue softly, contemplating if he should add something to that and eventually settling on. I also ate a whole bantha steak, he admitted quietly. Raw. That violation of taboo had gnawed at his mind for months. He owed Biggs for getting him through that, if nothing else, owed him more than he could say. Vader watched him for a moment, presence slowly twining between Luke's, contemplative as he processed the information given. It changed you, he noted quietly. The stories were true. They were, he agreed, unable to do anything else. It was hard to adjust. Vader kept his silence after that, but the soft pulses of comfort and contemplation across the bond had Luke at ease. When I was young, he rumbled softly, memories rolling off of him thick like molasses. I heard stories that the runners were the wild, the wild, untamed heroes who willingly traded their place in society for the power to protect it. Darkness enveloped Luke's presence, soft and warm and comforting. Was any of it true? Luke breathed in deep. We aren't heroes. Closing his eyes, he let his head drop back against the support strut behind him. The beacons try, but they're sitting ducks. They're guards, not guardians. They're a part of the community and function as such. They're too easily found to do anything against the masters. The reflections are peaceable by nature, and the pillars too integrated into the communities to ever be able to act as rogue agents. But runners already lived within the wilderness to begin with, Vader finished quietly, knowingly. Yes, those were the stories. A moment of silence, and then... But why do you deny the rest? Luke worked his jaw, feeling the gentle, coaxing curiosity of Vader lap at his presence like waves. No, he admitted. The rest is true. We do choose our lives willingly, but it's a brutal life. The new instincts help to adjust to it a little, but it's, it's not easy. To choose to help those most vulnerable, it's a life of sacrifice. I'm not, I'm not blind to that. Do you regret it? Vader murmured. Never. Hundreds of people saved. Children and parents who saw their families again thanks to his efforts, riding along in the slipstream of the crate matriarch as he accompanied a migration through the wastes. Watching a restless spirit finally fade away as they found their peace. Reducing a stronghold to rubble within a night as the slaves within walked free. The grand exhilaration of flying through a storm on nothing but a sand glider and faith. He shook his head. It's a brutal life, yes, 
he agreed softly. But it's a wonder-filled and satisfying one, too. One filled with meaning and purpose. Any death I could die would have meant something, no matter how brutal. It would have been for a reason, and that is more than so many others can say. I could no more regret it than I could regret living. And yet... Vader interjected in a quiet rumble. It caused you to run when you were offered a reward for what you did. Runners aren't allowed to ask for rewards, Luke rebuked reflexively, barely even registering the words before they tumbled out of his mouth. We do not and cannot take from those we serve, not when they so often have little to nothing themselves. The tales are very clear on that. He didn't fear his patron deity, but he knew he could. Should he ever fail to adhere to the standards a runner should keep themselves to, he knew he would learn that fear. And he knew that he would never fear like that again. You are not allowed to ask or take, Vader mused softly. But would you not be allowed to accept when offered? I've never accepted before. Luke admitted in a low mutter. I didn't need to. I lived off what I earned, hunted or scavenged. Whenever they started offering persistently, I made sure to either deflect it if we were still in the middle of the flight or to wrap things up as soon as I could if it was the tail end. He huffed out a laugh and gave Vader a small grin, letting his amusement be felt through the bond. You'd be surprised how easy it is to capitalize on a mythical reputation with only some basic sleight of hand and illusionary trickery. Vader chuckled as conspiratorial amusement shimmered bright around them. Are you sure it was your reputation, little one? Vader rumbled with a teasing nudge against Luke's presence. After all... I recall something regarding your status as a champion. Heat flushed up into his cheeks, and he promptly buried his face into his arms with a groan. Don't start that, he muttered. A cocktail of embarrassment, crumbling fragments of denial, and overwhelmed anxiety burning through him like a brush fire. I still don't know how to process it. Amusement as deep and rich as velvet draped itself over Luke as Vader's presence enveloped him once more and brushed up against him, as soft and comforting as any blanket. One day you shall have to tell me more about this mythical wraith I keep hearing about, Vader rumbled lowly. And Luke glanced up out of the crook of his arm to shoot the man an evil eye. Easy for you to say. Luke grumbled softly. You don't have to deal with how people get when they start talking about the wraith. You are correct, Vader mused. And Luke instantly tensed up as he felt the contemplative edge of those words skate by him. Perhaps I should acquaint myself with the manner in which other people converse on the wraith. Don't you dare... Luke bit out sharply, horror spiking through his spine like ice and drawing him up out of his hunch in a snap. Don't you fucking dare! 
Vader speaking with Valmora on the over-glorified tales people were spreading was not a future he wanted to deal with in any way, shape, or form. The fact alone that he would be getting his information from someone who was even worse than Votir whenever they met up for a flight was enough to have a chittering growl rolling out of his throat before he was even aware of it. Unfortunately, it only earned him a shoulder-shaking laugh from his home. He glared flatly unamused at the laughing man, still growling lowly in his throat and well aware it did exactly nothing to help strengthen his point. You're terrible, he grumbled to the man, words rolling oddly around the growl. Absolutely terrible. Ah, little one, Vader rumbled with a chuckle. You make it too easy. Luke snapped his teeth twice in rapid succession at Vader, clacking them together over another chittering growl. Somewhere distantly, he registered that he was leaning further into his instincts than usual, but Vader felt safe, was safe. His home and help and heart, vowed and named and bound to him as surely as he was to Vader. As if to prove his point, Vader rumbled back at him, shaking his head as if to dislodge the sound out of his throat, while his presence playfully poked at Luke. He grinned and poked right back, snapping his jaws again with a clack and a playful growl. Vader's head jerked forward with a sharp ring of static that resonated underneath the eaves, and Luke grinned wide with the realization that Vader had snapped back at him in turn. It was a lazy play fight, like he hadn't really had since the last Keshita with his fellow runners and runners. Hence, to have someone else understand the proper body language was a breath of fresh air. He churred low in his throat, low enough that he felt it in his teeth when he closed his mouth around the sound and chattered his teeth behind his lips, content yet challenging. Vader barked out a few short, off-kilter static rings before settling in for a low, crackling growl. Amusement roiling all around, colored with sparks of competitiveness that danced like stars. An answer to the challenge as clear as anything could be. Luke snorted and squared his shoulders back, chuffing out low, rhythmic sounds, tossing his head as if shaking out a rack of antlers and shifting his stance into something more authoritative than a sulking slump. Vader managed to roll his shoulders in return, tossing his head as well while rumbling low and scraping his clawed hand along the masonry. He grinned wide and gathered his legs underneath himself, muscles bunching up as he arranged himself on the small shelf he'd nested himself on. Vader watched him cautiously but curiously, recognizing a change in the atmosphere. He chuffed at the man again, chattering his teeth with a soft growl as he tensed his body and leapt. Soaring over the head of his home, he aimed himself straight for the next support strut, more than twice his body length away. For a bare moment he hung suspended over absolutely nothing, arced through the air over a dizzying drop of more than thirty meters. Air rushed through his hair even as it froze in his lungs, and he stretched himself out to his full length, arms flung forward. 
Then Wood touched his palms, and he clamped down hard around them, digging in hard enough with his prosthesis to gouge them in deep. It paid off immediately when the momentum kept him going and his feet slipped off of their supports, leaving him to tread air. Air rushed into his lungs as he breathed in deep. And bracing himself as much as he could while dangling over thin air, he swung his legs forward to create a little more momentum and heaved himself up backswing. Scrambling up the shelf of filigree on the support strut, he turned around with a grin stretching from ear to ear as he yipped out a triumphant sound, clacking his teeth again. A grin that widened even further when he felt the moment where his home could only stand stunned and slack-jawed, so to speak. Chuffing out a further challenge, he snapped his home out of his shock with another defiant toss of his head before turning to prepare for another jump to the next support strut. Gathering his legs under him and shifting around for maximum stability, he leaped just as he could hear his home scraping against the masonry with his movements. Airborne and soaring, he stretched up his limbs further this time and managed to stick the landing, rapidly scrambling into position for another jump, rumbling triumphantly the entire time while urging his home on. Jumping to the next support strut, he quickly scrambled into a prepared crouch, chuffing as he turned around, crouched down on all fours. Shaking his shoulders, he eyed Vader as the man crawled across the wall with as much grace as he could. It was clear that his boots were doing him little favor in the climbing and couldn't quite grip as well as his hands could. Even aside from that, Luke could see that he was right in his estimates of Vader's weight and size working against him in this kind of environment. Admittedly, one of the reasons he'd nested up here in the first place until, well, the obvious. But it gave him a terrible idea that had a mischievous smirk turning up the corners of his mouth. Watching as Vader carefully navigated the difficult terrain, even as he was making faster progress beyond what Luke would have expected, he began to gather his legs back beneath him, shifting himself into place for the perfect jump. His home was far too occupied with the difficulty of the terrain to pay too much attention to what Luke was doing, and that would be his undoing. At least if he timed this right. Waiting for just the optimal moment, he observed Vader crawling along the wall, leaning as far into the shadows of the filigree as he could, quieting the rumbles and chuffs in his throat while drawing his shield close around him. His presence muddled and bled into the atmosphere, not gone, never gone, but the edges blurred with that of the world around him in that way that let him step as light as smoke, as ephemeral as a shadow. He noticed the exact moment Vader realized that his presence had dulled, the large black mass freezing mid-crawl and twitching his head this way and that to try and catch a sense of any sound he might be making. A presence dark as ink glided through his own, reaching out through it all, trying to detect where his core was, where he was. Luke stuck even closer to the shadows, but frowned as he saw the veil of caution and suspicion immediately draw itself over the competitive edge that had shown itself earlier. He wouldn't be able to wait out the man in the shadows then. He'd have to make his move soon. Gathering his legs even further below him, trying to reposition as little as possible while tensing all his core muscles in preparation for the jump, he kept an eye on his home. Vader was having definite difficulties with the wall. 
though mostly because the man's suit was ill-suited, huh, to pretty much anything, let alone the kind of athleticism that Vader clearly could and wanted to perform. Even now, when the man was clearly on edge and trying to locate Luke, the simple failure of the gorget design was making it difficult for him to even turn his head enough to look fully up, without turning his whole body, too. As much as he hated what the suit did to his home, right now he could use that restriction and his own agility in the current environment to his advantage. Waiting until Vader was just underneath the support strut he had just left, he rocked back as far as he could and jumped. Soaring over the gap, he threw his legs forward at the last possible moment and stuck the landing with a thump. A jolt of recognition honed in on him like a missile as the dark cut through his haze, but he'd already grabbed hold of the filigree and thrown himself into the momentum to spin around and over the edge. He could feel sweat dripping up into his hairline as he hung upside down above Vader, not even an arm's length apart. His home had frozen the moment he came into view, wariness thick in the air and pulling tight around him. Luke had the advantageous position here, and they both knew it. He grinned wide, baring his teeth in a way that wasn't strictly friendly, and a frisson of vague intent leaked through the bond. Growling low in his throat as he sunk his hands into the wood just above Vader's head. Dark wariness began to blossom into full-blown suspicion, thick and viscous as it lapped at his core, inquiring and apprehensive in one, jolting and staggering like a nervous colt. He grinned even wider and winked with all of the mischief of a loth cat who'd gotten the cream and promptly reached out to bop Vader right on his helmet with a resounding bonk. Baffled indignation promptly flared to life, but Luke had already launched himself into the air again, chuffing and chortling out a triumphant laugh, clacking his teeth the entire way. A bare moment passed before he could hear scrambling and scratching on the masonry behind him, signaling that Vader had gotten over his shock and was now in hot pursuit or as fast a pursuit as he could currently manage anyway. Luke, however, with the advantage of a lighter frame and not having to navigate a flat surface set at an angle of 90 degrees, was already leaping off to the next support strut, flying on the wind with air burning in his lungs. He laughed, bright and with a cadence that came so natural and yet was so inhuman, playfully taunting the shadow behind him, struggling to keep up while he leapt as fast and agile as any cat. Vader called back to him, deep and indignant, even as pride flared to life across the bond as if fed by star fuel. He yipped gleefully, leaping from support to support with increasing speed, flying across the gaps with the added momentum and barely touching down on the filigree shelves as he dashed through the eaves. The wind rushed all around him, cooling his rapidly working muscles, and he noted with glee that in this particular environment, his prosthesis was finally paying full dividends. Aiming low for one of the supports, he grabbed it just in time and handily swung under and over the central cavity of the support, flipping onto the shelf with ease. Panting hard, he took a moment to look back and see if his home was even remotely close to keeping up with him. The distant grumble that answered his searching yip told him he clearly hadn't, and a cheering laugh escaped his throat. 
Crawling along the shelf, he began leaping back the way he came, swinging, jumping, ducking, and weaving his way through the eaves until he could see Vader again, several support gaps back. It seemed that he'd have to urge him on a bit. Chirping and whistling along with the wind that sang on the corners of the palace, he landed back up above Vader, batting at the man's helmet before he could dodge with a satisfying thump. Vader snapped at his hands with a growling chuff, but couldn't do much else beyond moving into the gap as fast as he could, out of Luke's range. He narrowed his eyes, but clacked his teeth back at the man, chittering out a gleeful challenge. Vader responded in kind, competitiveness coating the bond's warmth and playfulness in a shimmering layer like oil resting on top of water. With a rumbling shrug of his shoulders, his home began moving up into the gap between the supports, and Luke realized with a split second to spare that he meant to cut off his route through the eaves. With no room for hesitation, he launched himself across and over the head of Vader, arching high in order to make the distance, and tapping Vader's helmet as he passed him with a quick knock, just for fun. Vader barked out the defended sound after him, but he was already ahead of him, chirruping out a laugh as he shook his head triumphantly. Striking out further with his legs as he tumbled through the eaves, the rush of the speed and dizzying drops below spurred him on further and further, pulling an excited cry from his throat before he realized it. The world blurred around him, the eaves barely registering as his legs and arms pumped in order to spur him onwards, thudding against the supports while flying over gaps multiple times his body length. The opposite wall was rapidly dawning on him, and with a triumphant cry he swung himself around one of the last supports and over the courtyard below, cutting the corner entirely. Stretching his body as long as he could to minimize drag, the wind pulled at him until he spun around his axis, slipping through the air like water. The shock of sudden sunlight on his body warmed him like he'd drunk crate's blood, deep and rich. The shadow of the eaves shocked the temperature again with the coolness of the dark, and his hands connected with the wood of another support. The scent of hardwood and caulking hung thick in the air and mingled freely with the scent of ozone and sea air that filled his lungs as he kept leaping through the eaves, faster and faster and faster until the whole world fell away, and it was just him running on all fours like he so rarely got to do. The eaves stopped being a series of gaps and simply became a path in the air, free of distractions and judgment. In a flash of memory, suddenly it was like he was back in the needles, dodging and leaping between pillars without a care beyond going as fast as he wanted, his heart full of joy and excitement. In the rhythm of the run, he could feel his emotions blooming to life. Joy, love, freedom, bliss, thrill, joy, wonder, pride, elation, joy, wonderful, free, and wild. The emotions built and built and built within his chest, rising higher and higher until they reached his throat and erupted outwards in a yip-yip howl. Bright and bold, he howled to the storm as his emotions filled up his entire chest in a ball of light, glowing bright from inside him like they'd make a lantern out of his ribcage. He shook his head as he ran, growling full of joy and the thrill of the run with a smile that stretched from ear to ear. Sons, there was sacrifice in being a runner, but he didn't know if he could ever give this up. 
to run free and run wild was his right, as promised both by his patron and people, and there was nothing that could compare to the sheer light of freedom it ignited. Nothing that came even remotely close to running and flying as free as any creature of the wild. Nothing that compared to the wild calling him in every breath he took that burned in his lungs, every thought of his arms and legs hitting solid ground between flying leaps. And now he had someone to run with. Leaping over another corner, the sun in his face for just a moment of glorious warmth, he couldn't even remember if this was the second or third or fourth corner he'd passed. Did it even matter? Right now all that he wanted, all that he needed, was to keep running. To keep running and not stop until his arms and legs burned with exertion. Panting around the growls and yips still escaping his throat, he kept leaping, running, flying until... Fingers dug into wood with a sharp crack splitting the grain and gouging in deep on sheer reflex as Luke lurched to a sudden stop. Blinking at the sight in front of him, the only thing he could manage to bring out was soft woofs of air escaping his mouth in pants. Vader sat in the gap in front of him, still clinging to the masonry of the building. With his head fully turned to face him, Luke blinked both as much at the sight as he did at the soft embrace of wonder that wound around the bond from the man in front of him. Churring softly through his pants, he prodded inquisitively at Vader with a question clearly hanging between them. Had he really just lapped Vader without even realizing? Deep red lenses peered into his eyes and a soft, deep rumble shivered through the air with so much warmth that his heart ached and twisted in his chest. Somewhere at the boundaries of his mind he felt a thought enter that wasn't his own, as clear and as ringing as bright as crystal. Impossible child. A candle could have been lit with the warmth that bloomed to life within his chest, sweet and bright in the back of his throat. A chirrup as soft as a feather drifted out of his mouth. Boying up from the bubbling sensation inside him, taking a refraction of his pride and fondness with it out into the world for everyone to hear. Everyone that would have committed to climbing up the side of a sheer wall merely to sit with him, here, above the howling whistle of the wind, softly, gently, like down drifting on a breeze, a trilling tune lifted out of his throat achingly full of all the love that he held within him for his strange and yet so deeply familiar home. Vader trilled in soft counterpart along with him, with a warmth that poured through the bond from deep within, a warmth that echoed his own perfectly. Eyes widening by a hair's breadth, the knowledge of what was being said here drifted into his mind like whispering sand, burrowing deep and getting stuck there, the trilling lowering into a hum as he leaned forward, moving as carefully as if the moment between them was as fragile as glass. Vader eyed him curiously, and Luke got the impression of something blinking at him as languid as a loth cat in the morning sun hovering just over his shoulder. As slowly as Luke's own movements, and like a mountain heaving itself up, Vader shifted forward to meet him halfway, still rumbling contentedly with that deep feeling that Luke thought he recognized from its reflection within his own heart. 
Curving his neck down, he tucked his head into the hollow of his home's throat, still trilling quietly. A gust of warm air swept through his hair as the respirator cycled, and the comforting vibrations of the deep burr inside Vader's chest buzzed through him. Shifting his stance, he pressed his head up into the raster covering his home's chin, matching his own trill to the rumble of the man, humming in harmony. This was safety. This was love. He chirruped quietly, sinking deep within the shimmering, bubbling depths of the love that welled up within his own heart, only to pull it all up out of the depths and flood it through the bond, as clear as a mountain spring. The respirator hitched in its cycles, the only warning he got before he was flooded with a deep, dark warmth that had him drowning in the unfathomable depths of the emotion he was receiving. There were no words. Not even words whispered into his mind, nothing that could be spoken even in thought, and yet he thought he understood the message clearer than ever before. I love you too. Purring deep in his throat, he nuzzled his head deeper into the hollow, smiling against the mantle fabric pressed against his cheek when he felt a large arm wrapping around his shoulders, heavy and solid against his back. Relaxing into the hold, he chuffed contentedly and churred deep in his throat as the deep, dark warmth immersed him in a contented safety, like the most comfortable bath one could imagine in warm ink as black as a void. His own love drifted through the darkness, small bubbles of glittering light adrift in a starless sea. Chuffing softly against the gorget, he blinked languidly as his breath condensed against the plastisteel, small clouds of moisture waxing and waning with every breath. There was something peaceful to the rhythm, something peaceful enough that for a moment he forgot that he was effectively on the edge of a cliff, and his eyes drifted shut. For a moment, he could just feel. Just feel the soft puffs of warmth reflect back off of his home's armor with his every breath. Just feel the shift of the armor weave underneath his cheek. Slick as water, but tough and rigid, too. Just feel the rise and fall of the armor pressed against his forehead with every cycle of the respirator. Just feel. Just for a moment. How unjust that a moment could only be a moment. Eventually, the rumbling against his cheek quieted, and he had to open his eyes again to confront reality once more. Chuffing inquisitively, both in his throat and across the bond, he waited for an answer, reluctant to break the gentle moment more than he already had. He knew this quiet closeness would have to end eventually, but he wouldn't be the one to chase it out. He'd take that small selfishness. Slowly, reluctantly, like a skittish animal edging into the firelight glow of a camp, he got an impression of duty, responsibility, reluctance, need, determination, obligation edging into his mind. A flash of blue and silver, a sense of careful deliberation back and forth. He sighed deeply and let out a reluctant chuff of air. He knew what needed to be done. Even a runner couldn't run forever. Not without the blessing of the gods, at least. 
and he wasn't about to chance another prayer so soon after a boon of the size he'd been granted. No, he'd have to face this, regardless of his own anxieties. His home bird, comfortingly at him, a soft gossamer veil of understanding shot through with glistening threads of regret settling in over his shoulders as the arm around him tightened gently. Even so, the tusks of the mask gently combed through his hair, smoothing it down from its wind-tussled state into something presentable, a clear indication of what was to come. He churred an acknowledgement and tipped his head to give his home a better angle to work with as the tusks kept carding through his hair. He wouldn't be alone in this, he knew that much. The warm feeling of a smile ghosting across the bond confirmed as much while Vader continued his grooming. Something that wasn't made easier by the fact that with every respirator cycle, at least some of Vader's work was undone again as his hair ruffled under the gust of air. Shuffing out a barely disguised laugh into his home's chest when the man grunted in irritation as he felt his hair ruffle again, he obligingly tilted his head a little further to accommodate his home. When at last he felt a flash of satisfaction and pride alongside a guttural chuff, he pulled back from his position and straightened up, reluctantly leaving the warm and secure hold of his home's arms. It was time, something whispered within him, and he could feel the sentiment echoed across the bond. Vader shifted against the wall, drawing back with a spider crawl while rumbling deep within his chest. The light filtering into the eaves flashed over the surface of his helmet in reflection as he tossed his head with a steadying growl, invitation clear to join him. Clacking his teeth with a small smile, he bobbed his head in agreement, rolling his own shoulders in preparation to move again. Chittering out an inquiry, he pushed a sense of destination, location, confusion, searching across the bond, and promptly got a flash of darkness welling up as an answer. Follow me, was the general impression Luke got from it. And sure enough, Vader turned his attention back to slowly maneuvering around. Very slowly. Luke squinted at his home, eyeing the shellback pace at which he was moving. He probably shouldn't do what he was contemplating doing, but... Ah, fuck it. Shifting his legs under him, he wiggled in place for just a moment to reposition his legs for absolute optimal positioning and launched himself up and over. For a split second there was wind in his hair, a swoop in his stomach, and a sense of absolute freedom as he hung just in the air above his home. Then he spun on his axis and struck out with a hand as fast as lightning, bopping Vader's helmet again with a thunk. An outraged snarl immediately sounded out behind him, and he burst out into gleeful yips as his limbs connected with the wood of the next support. Swinging around to face his home, he gleefully tossed his head, yipping again with a sensation rippling out of him of hurry, hurry, hurry. His home merely regarded him flatly before huffing out of breath and setting into motion again, but Luke was happy to note, a little faster than before. Bounding through the eaves with happy yips, he spun and flipped over the gaps at his home as the man made his way between them, simply enjoying the last moments of his time running, leaping, dancing through the air. Somersaulting over Vader's head with a cheery chuff, joy only soared higher within him when a staticky laugh rumbled out below him. Swinging along with the momentum, 
He hung upside down off of the side of one of the supports to take a look below. Two red lenses met his gaze, and he chuffed happily at the amusement of his home, playfully copying the head tilt that earned him. Vader merely turned his head the other way, and when he copied that movement too, he got an impression of a fond eye roll as a hand quickly reached up and bopped him on the nose before he could react. Sneezing hard enough that he nearly lost his grip for a moment, Luke shook his head and shot the now laughing man a sour look before giving in to the levity of the moment and happily clacking his teeth as he chittered along with the laughter. Vader eventually motioned for him to move on, and with a slightly annoyed huff he obliged, leaping across the next gap. With a little more time, several more bops to the helmet to encourage his home to step on the gas, and a few more acrobatics, Vader finally came to a halt above a high-arching window elaborately decorated with inlaid wood scenes of birds and airships. Luke tilted his head to get a better look at the strange contraptions of seemingly wood and cloth that sailed across an endless swirling sky. Some looked streamlined like kestrels, but others were strangely bloated and appeared to have multiple decks supported by their many wings. Clicking low in his throat in curiosity, he drew the attention of his home towards what he was seeing. With a breath of thought and mind, he received images of huge, awe-inspiring ships crafted of nothing but wooden cloth and the smallest amounts of metal that soared through the skies on gas and propellers. Ancient and archaic in technology, but no less magnificent for it. Scenes from a world thousands upon thousands of years ago, when people had only just gained their wings and barely knew what was waiting for them beyond the stars. A reminder, something whispered within his mind, to never forget where one came from. He hummed, low and thoughtful, as he stroked his prosthetic limb over the inlays, feeling the seamless smooth wood through artificial nerves. Could they have known, he wondered as he gazed at one of the miniature depictions of people, how far their journeys would carry their descendants. Vader rumbled softly, an inquiry backed up by the soft pulses of intent that echoed through the bond. He chirped back reassuringly, taking his hand back from where it had been inspecting the inlays as his mind had wandered. He was fine, just lost in thought for a moment. Vader regarded him in silence, and then did something that fully shattered both it and something larger than it. It's time, little star, he rumbled, glancing over towards the window through which Luke finally noticed the first glimpse of an elaborate office space and shaking something loose within his psyche with every word. He opened his mouth to answer and the first sound that came out was a chirp. That couldn't be right. Shaking his head, he worked his jaw until his mouth remembered what words were and tried again. All right he answered quietly, hoarse as if he hadn't been using his voice for the past few hours instead of vocalizing to the high skies and back. I'm ready. The flash of concern and reassurance in one that came through the bond wasn't particularly what he was looking for and also the perfect thing in the moment. 
Vader leaned in to brush the brow of his helmet against Luke's forehead with all the gentleness of someone handling spun glass. It will be all right, he promised quietly. Trust me. I know, he answered back, just as quiet. Tell me how. Follow me, Vader answered in a whisper. And with the wave of a hand, something dark slunk through the air and the windows unlatched with a soft click. As the finely inlaid wood and glass swung open on their hinges, Vader detached himself from the side of the building and glided in through the window like he was soaring on wings of armor weave and plastisteel. Taking one last deep breath, he reforged his nerves as best he could with the reassurances given to him by his home, and hoped they were as good as steel. With that, he swung his legs off of the support and glided down after his home on the cushion of air that buoyed him during his fall. On Cat's feet, he landed on a thick, plush carpet just beside his home, rolling his shoulders to force down the last of the wild that still echoed through his mind and blood. Blinking into the room, trying to adjust his eyes to the sudden change of light, it both was and wasn't a surprise to find all three quarters blinking back at him, standing within a thick haze of their own surprise and disbelief. His first instinct to chuff a greeting at them was pressed down with all the ruthlessness of a politician and substituted with a shallow bow, just as Vader had taught him. Countess and Count Quora, he greeted as if he hadn't just spent the better part of the last few hours dodging them as best as he could. Engineer Lars, the Count managed to return with surprising grace for how surprised he still was. So glad that you could join us. Well, that was one way of putting it. But if they had any overt commentary to make, they would have to say it to his face. Crossing his arms, he could already feel the discomfort of the entire situation settling in, urging him to go right back out the window and this time disappear until they were finally ready to just let this whole thing go. A soft brush of warmth across the bond soothed his emerging frissons of anxiety and a heavy gloved hand on his shoulder anchored him in the present. He breathed out lightly, lightly enough that the Quanos wouldn't notice it, and let go of the brewing anxiety within him. I'm a limelord, he began without fanfare. I don't want to have this conversation, and I'm incredibly uneasy about it, but, he continued before anyone could cut in, it was brought to my attention that it's important to have regardless of my feelings on it, so here I am. And we thank you for that. The Countess immediately said while shooting her husband a sharp look. I understand that there are some hesitations you have regarding this conversation, she continued. And Luke had to admire how carefully she posited the question. He glanced over to Tyrion, who'd been silent so far but seemed to be watching both him and his home like a Nartak tracking an Anuba across the plains. Catching and holding the air's gaze, he subtly inclined his head towards his parents, trying to get the intent of his question across as clearly as he could in his expression. Tyrion squinted, confusion shimmering through the air, before his eyes blew up wide as realization burst like fireworks, and he rapidly shook his head. So he'd kept his vow and hadn't told them then. Good, he could work with that. At least he would have to, and fast, seeing as the exchange between him and Tyrion was already bringing suspicion up and out of the two other Quanas. Taking a small but fortifying breath, 
He turned towards the Aldequanas as he carefully measured the words he was about to speak within his mouth. The reasons I have for not wanting to receive any kind of recompense are both private and classified in large parts. He began carefully, keeping a measured eye on the Quanas and their reactions. Understand that if we're having this conversation, there will be parts where I can't and won't justify or explain myself for various reasons, and will not compromise. A soft rumble came from behind him as Vader gently prodded at the bond, to which Luke only raised a single unimpressed eyebrow at the man before continuing on with a sigh. However, I will try to explain as best I can, my lord and my lady, he begrudgingly allowed, resisting the urge to add a snippy comment towards Vader at the end about how he couldn't talk about avoiding difficult topics, or at least not talk like he was any better at it than he was. Understood, the Countess agreed, with her husband nodding resolutely next to her. The first thing of which I would like to assure you of is that we understand the concept of confidentiality very well. We wouldn't have become directed by the Empire for military matters if we didn't, the Count agreed with a somewhat wry but brave grin. Indeed, Vader rumpled from behind him, resting a hand on Luke's shoulder as an assurance. I can assure you that they will maintain full confidentiality. And that certainly seems to have an impact on both of the Elder Quanas. Not fear, curiously, even as Luke would have thought that perhaps it might be interpreted as a threat. No, the feeling he could feel suffused the air was pride. Thank you, my lord, the countess said with a small courtesy and a small smile. We do take ensuring our clientele's privacy seriously. Ah, oh, that would explain it. Professional pride was something that he definitely could understand. Glancing over to Tyrion, he too had his chest puffed up with pride, clearly in agreement with his parents and feeling similar pride in the quality of the services they offered and the reputation they had built on them. When Tyrion caught his gaze, he smiled brightly and nodded once, confidence brimming within him as a sheer feeling of truth echoed through the air. Luke huffed out a small breath but smiled back and nodded in turn. He would trust in Tyrion's judgment. A small squeeze to his shoulder emphasized the realization all at once that the tension, the lingering anxiety, slowly had started to bleed away. And he smiled as he glanced up at his home from the corner of his eye, chest feeling light enough to finally let out the breath he'd been holding. Unfortunately, it seemed that the Quadas had finally realized just what was passing between him and their son with every glance. Is there something you wish to say, Button? the Countess asked rapidly glancing between him and her son with a burgeoning suspicion. "'You two seem to—' she trailed off, clearly not knowing how to finish the sentence she had started. "'If I had to hazard a guess, Countess Quana,' Vader rumbled from behind him, unusually calm and content for all the fact that he was in the direct vicinity of aristocratic politicians, "'I would say that the young Count knows exactly what Luke is. He got the impression of a wink across the bond, and all of a sudden Luke realized just what his home was doing, or rather why he was doing it. Smiling as an ache of sheer tender love shot through his heart, he closed his eyes for a moment, just a moment, and placed his prosthesis over the hand resting on his shoulder. He relished in the subtle but sharp zing it sent up through the sensors 
as the prosthesis was briefly filled with small stars, shining and bright. Darkness shifted and wrapped around him, as comforting and warm as any desert twilight hour, whispering wordless reassurances, whispering of trust justified and not to worry, not to fear, see, see. There was no need for anxiety, they were both calm. He was even calm enough to relax around the three strangers, calm enough even to let his walls down a bit. It will be fine, it whispered without a voice, just trust him, it will be fine. Luke huffed a small, wordless laugh and brushed back against the darkness, recognizing the sacrifice his home was making for his own comfort, grateful and deeply, deeply touched in one. He was right, it would be fine. Tyrion does indeed know who and what I am, he confirmed, feeling calmer than he ever thought he would be saying that with Vader at his back. I can't talk about it, though, Tyrion hastily added on, wincing apologetically at his parents. I swore an oath that I wouldn't, and well... He shifted in place, glancing over to Luke and smiling shyly. It was an oath given in exchange for protection. Admiration sparked to life in small, pinprick bursts of light all around the air, shining through a haze of a warmth that he couldn't quite identify, but that had him smiling in return. I see, the Count said quietly while glancing over to his wife. I should say that won't be an issue, but it, my love. A secret for safety is a better deal than we've often made in the past. The Countess was already nodding her agreement before her husband had even finished his sentence, still beaming softly at her son. True words have rarely been spoken, but theory on the bottom. You do realize what this means, right? She asked. A glint within her eyes, turning the gray into silver. Tyrion's eyes widened with realization, as he evidently did know what this meant. But before he could say anything, his father had already headed towards the large, heavy and ornate oblong table, made out of what seemed to be various types of polished wood and stone set within the middle of the room. But of course, he agreed chipperly, rounding the table which Luke now noticed had one extra chair than he'd expected and one emblazoned with the Quara crest, too. Thankfully, we had already anticipated this event and had an extra chair brought up, so we can proceed to the negotiations without delay. From the way Tyrion looked, Luke would think that the poor guy had just felt a pressure trap snap shut around his neck. Looks like he wasn't the only one who had been ambushed with something unpleasant when it came to this conversation. An inky sense of amusement emanated from the dark presence behind him, and he nearly rolled his eyes. Leave him be he muttered quietly, glancing back and up at his home. He's trying his best. Vader said nothing in return, but judging from the amusement that only grew thicker, Luke could guess that he wasn't going to give poor Tyrion a break if he didn't intervene. Besides, he continued, feigning casualness, he's spoken more than you have so far. That caught the man's attention. And Luke didn't hear so much as feel the deep rumble that he knew his home would be loath to call a whine, even though it absolutely was, quaking through the bond, impressions of support, independence, need to do it himself, bleeding through. Mm-hmm, <laughs> he muttered lightly, smiling out of the corners of his mouth. Sure it is. Vader this time did rumble aloud, 
startling the Quanos, but Luke merely rolled his eyes, smile blooming into a full-fledged grin, and walked towards the table himself, Vader trailing behind him in equal amusement. The carpet was thick and plush underneath his feet, and compressed oddly as he walked, and he took his first good look at the room he found himself in. It resembled the interior of the marble palace in many aspects, though the style felt older in many ways, slightly less elaborate and intricate, with a greater emphasis on inlaid wood and its natural finish when oiled rather than lacquer and gemstone inlays. The frescoes, too, seemed to be less intense, with clear palettes established throughout the paintings that alternated in light and dark schemes. For this particular room, sea trade seemed to be the theme, with many frescoes portraying absolutely ancient wooden sea vessels crafted from wooden cloth, in either the dark and chaotic color schemes of the storm, or the calming and pleasant pastels of a sunset. From what he was used to from quaddy architecture so far, the room was surprisingly sparse, relatively speaking. A few pieces of furniture lined the walls, but most of it seemed to be deliberately minimalistic, to not distract from the massive table set in the center, supplied with three high-backed chairs, or perhaps understated thrones, upholstered in a familiar blue velvet that each of the three Quaras was currently wearing as well. The family crest embroidered in silver on velvet was almost superfluous at that point, really. It was the other two chairs that really caught his eye and almost had him giggling at how comical they looked next to each other. One was crafted out of solid black wood, clearly not native to the room, but crafted in a similar style in a valiant effort to make it fit in even as it failed miserably, and easily twice as big as any of the other chairs seated at the table. And there, by its right-hand side, stood an identical copy scaled down to about the same size as the chairs the Quadras would clearly be occupying. It wasn't meant to be comical, but suns and sand, the mere sight of the two items had Luke stifling another giggle in an effort not to offend their hosts. Clearly they had put a lot of effort into pulling the strings necessary to get all this ready in time. And it wasn't like he didn't appreciate the effort put in, even if he had to wonder if they just didn't have any spare chairs lying around in order to make what was clearly a whole new custom one just for him. Still, he could appreciate one thing as he took a seat. It was comfortable as could be lined as it was with two thick cushions of blood-red velvet in the seat and back. When the Quanus took a seat directly across from him, though, the situation all of a sudden sunk in, trying to keep as straight of a face as he could while breathing in and out as deeply as he could without making a sound. He buried down his nerves and let the situation come as it may. Vader took a seat next to him and thankfully was gracious enough to make the opening statement on Luke's behalf. Well then, we have all finally assembled to discuss the matter of the incident a few days ago, he rumbled. And Luke barely resisted raising an eyebrow at the slight emphasis he heard on the word finally, resisting mostly because a little voice in the back of his mind that sounded a lot like Biggs agreed with him. Indeed, the Countess agreed, finally showing the first sign of discomfort with this entire situation as her jaw was squared off and her expression tightened around the corners of her eyes. And as much as I wish otherwise, a debt was incurred that day that will need to be repaid, even as I realized that you would prefer it uh, not to be, Angelina Lars. He was already shaking his head before she'd fully finished the sentence, uncaring if it was rude or out of turn. 
He needed them to understand this before they drew conclusions that would paint him in a very poor light indeed. I don't want a debt repaid, because as far as I am concerned, there is no debt, Luke clarified sternly, putting as much weight into those words as he could. The oath Tyrion gave me is the only payment I am ever allowed to ask for the services I perform. Aside from that, traditional payment for my work comes in the form of respect and general legal exemptions. That's it. Your work? The Count asked curiously. And Luke shared a quick glance with Tyrion, who was already trying, not so subtly, to kick his father under the table. No elaboration possible, I'm afraid. Luke answered tersely. Even admitting to that much is skating the absolute edge of what I can admit to without extracting similar oaths out of both you and the Countess, my lord, and to be frank, I've had to tell that secret to more people over the course of the last few days than I will ever truly be comfortable with. Tyrion promptly hissed something at both his parents and Quadi that had them blanch as much as their sabacc faces would allow them to. Vader rumbled out a short laugh in response. Though, judging from the sudden spike of uncertainty that came from across the table, the Quadas didn't realize that was what they were hearing. A religious restriction indeed, young Quada, Isholm agreed. And Luke shot him a quick trill of gratitude for the subtle translation across the bond, receiving an impression of a smile back. Tyrion is right, he agreed rolling his fingers across the table's surface pensively as he tried to formulate an explanation within the boundaries of his vows. It would be taboo for me to accept any kind of material reward. Gratitude and respect are the most of it, but other than that, it's essentially contract work. The assignments are expected and uncompensated, aside from what is stipulated in the social contract. Well, that's a something we can work with, the Count noted sharing a glance over Tyrion's head with his wife. What? Some form of distinction would defeat those constraints quite well, the Countess agreed, already adopting a thoughtful look while Luke slowly started to realize what was going on with dawning horror. This wasn't supposed to... No, I didn't mean that as a requirement, he hastily denied, shooting what essentially amounted to a mental SOS across the bond and resolving to pay Vader back in kind when he only got amusement poorly disguised as helplessness back in return. I meant that there is no debt to speak of whatsoever. I don't think that's going to work, sir, Tyrion informed him apologetically as his parents inclined their heads next to him in agreement. It's... Uh, I understand that as far as you are concerned, there is no debt. But that is not how we or the rest of Quata will see it. Or indeed the rest of the galaxy, the Countess added on. The rest of the core world and mid-rim galaxy, Mama, Tyrion corrected promptly, looking over to Luke for confirmation with a small smile. And it was pure instinct to set aside his own worries and comfort his charge with a smile at this point, which thankfully also helped him to order his own thoughts on all of this. Correct, he agreed, trying to parse through the information he'd just received. I don't mean to be rude, but can you elaborate on how this debt is anyone else's business but our own? He asked, directing his question for the majority at Tyrion and hoping that this wouldn't be seen as too rude by whatever arcane rules apply to this conversation. Right now, he just needed to have someone tell it to him straight without any kind of miscommunication, 
and while normally he would ask Vader, right now the man seems to be more interested in him floundering through this situation than actually helping. That thought apparently got through the bond, and a flash of both indignation and a wounded whine echoed back at him, which he ignored, because he remembered that amusement from thirty seconds ago, thank you very much. Tyrion, thankfully, seemed to understand his need and nodded promptly. Right, the soul, Tyrion began, shifting in his chair while Luke steadily ignored the soft prods at the back of his mind. I don't really know how to explain this other than to say that, uh, the incident of a few days ago was both the public and the recorded. Well, yes, but... And the media already knows that you were saved, the others and I. Tyrion finished with a wince. Luke clenched his jaw as some part of the fuller picture came into view. Regardless of anything else, he was well aware of how the media could change an issue. He may have grown up in the back end of nowhere, but he'd still had a Holonet connection and as much of an education as one could get on it, never mind navigating the dangerous minefield that was Holligate drama. If the media had latched onto the angle that he was some sort of savior... Quite, the Countess agreed, apparently reading his expression and coming to a few correct conclusions. No matter how much he thought it to be a matter of privacy, the general public will not leave this be. Especially not when such a narrative of grief and violence certainly has a figure of defiance and courage appear within the midst of the tragedy. I'm afraid you've already become something of a symbol of hope for the people following the story of the attack, Engineer Lars, the Count added, mouth twitching into the barest hint of a smile when it rolled over the words symbol of hope, something that Luke was sure wasn't because his cheeks suddenly felt like they'd been doused in embarrassment and set ablaze. Absolutely not. The Count produced a calm, and with a click, the projector springing to life with a headline blaring above a hollow from a few days ago, depicting him standing guard over Tyrion while trying to locate the thrice-damned medics. Rising Navy star engineer saves Quanta Air and three other students from terrorist attack, scrolled along the top banner of the article in bright blue block letters even as Luke felt the bottom of his stomach drop out. He'd known this was happening ever since his conversation with General Veers, of course he did, but seeing it was still an exercise in control of his composure. Keeping an iron grip on his spiraling emotions because now was not the damn time, he began breaking down the hollow at record speed. The hollow was clearly taken from quite some distance away and of moderately poor quality too, and if he didn't know better, he would say that the masks he'd been wearing were just the shadows of his hood. He couldn't see his knife or tether on prominent display, thanks to the cloak either, and in fact had a hard time distinguishing the bandolier or blaster vest or anything at all within the shadows. If he didn't know it was him in the picture, he would have had a hard time distinguishing him from the dark figure within the picture. Breathing a little easier, knowing that as much of the specifics were still as far under wraps as they could be, he met the Count's eyes again, who quirked a wry smile. Within the general chaos and tragedy of the death that attack have caused within our city, the appearance of a figure who managed not only to resist it, but to win against those forces, well, it sparked quite some interest, he explained patiently, the Countess inclining her head in agreement with her husband. Specifically interest in the reports of you defending our son and the other students quite ferociously, the Countess added. There have been quite a few, um, public discussions already regarding them. Damn it, not again. 
Learning he'd become the Wraith once was already bad enough. He didn't care how it looked. He rubbed his hands over his face and sighed both deeply and full of exhaustion. Unfortunately, that was exactly when Vader apparently decided he was done being ignored mentally by him and add his voice to the conversation. As a further fact, I will note that you chose quite the prominent students to take under your wing, little one, Vader added. A note of glee steady as an undercurrent in his voice. Even as, in a move that Luke appreciated, he could feel a wisp of sympathy ghost along the back of his neck in a soothing motion. Aside from young fears, you somehow managed to find yourself exclusively in the company of public figures of various degrees of fame and notability. That is another issue to contend with, the Countess agreed. If the other families of the children you saved decided to issue a reward while we do not, it will reflect very poorly on us and severely impact the relationships we have with the other houses of Quat. Which will include the business we do with them, Tyrion supplied. A thread of anxiety weaving through his words, and Luke could more than understand that as he began to see the full shape of things. Fuck. Fuck. He really hated it when things like this got bigger than him. Smaller situations, smaller feelings of debt and guilt, those he could handle with some dodging and quick talk to distract the people until they forgot about it, and he could slip away into the wilds again. This, though, this was closer to having to negotiate with the town elders, the sage, and the other runners in order to make sure no one was stepping on each other's toes. An honor he somehow always got handled by virtue of being a competent runner with the largest territory. Oh, he already despised this situation with a fiery passion. Groaning softly, he didn't think he could have cared less than he already did about whether or not he appeared rude to his hosts, but apparently... He could, as he covered his face for a moment and braced his elbows against the table. Kestra of the wilderness, strike me down, he requested morosely. It would be less painful than this. Ozone pricked faintly at his nose, and he got the vague and distant impression of benevolent amusement ghosting along the very edges of his mind, so faint that he wondered if it was his patron or just him imagining it. Vader, too, laughed in quiet amusement, and a warm leather-clad hand soothed the skin between his shoulder blades from the tenseness of worry. I do not believe it is wise to tempt the gods, little star, Vader chided him playfully. And Luke couldn't even begin to care enough to mock retaliate, simply groaning again at the man. A flurry of emotions distantly touched the edge of his presence from across the table, presumably the Quadras reacting to Vader's uncharacteristic breach of formalities. But he couldn't bring himself to care too much about that either when he finally realized the full extent of the situation. He was pinned. Perhaps not physically, but definitely socially. And no matter how much he as a runner was supposed to stand outside the bounds of society, the Quadras did not. And damn it all, but could he really have it on his conscience that they would suffer because he wasn't willing to take on what was now, clearly, not a debt, but a responsibility. A consequence of his actions that could still impact Tyrion, his parents, and probably the people they watched over too, if the consequences reached as far as the implication of the Quant shipyards being impacted seemed to. Sons, he really hated everything about this. With a sigh, he let his hands drop and straightened his posture into something more respectable. 
making up his mind between one second and the next. All right, then, he finally agreed. His resignation tasted not quite like defeat, but too close to it to sit comfortably in his mouth. What do you have in mind? Instantly the mood seemed to brighten up by a factor of magnitudes as if a light switch had been flipped, even as his own soured exponentially. Castro, my sovereign, I know I said to strike me down, but please don't blame me and give me strength. He prayed listlessly as he prepared to do what no proper runner should ever do. I tried, I swear I did. Unbidden, a soft sense of dry warmth drifted along the back of his neck. Like a breeze at dusk just before the evening went from warm to frosty. And just like the night, he froze at the sensation. Casting himself outwards from his little bubble of spiraling thoughts, he found a light, playful warmth drifting all around in the barest of traces, swirling like sand on the breeze and dissolving like morning frost under the twin suns. Faint, so faint, but undeniably there. Ozone pricked at his nose, and he let his shoulders down from where they'd nearly been bunched up around his ears when the last of the warmth dissipated. There was no anger, no distant, immortal disdain. His patron understood, or at the very least didn't disapprove. A deep breath of warm air that he didn't know he'd been holding filled his lungs, smelling of rain and lightning. Stress and tension shed off of him like a dragon shed its scales, and he found a fresh layer of determination underneath, already hardened to weather whatever would come. It would be all right, like his home had promised. It would be all right. Thank you, he whispered through the shifting sands at the back of his mind, refocusing on the present and hoping that his brief distraction hadn't been too noticeable. He was relieved to see that Tyrion was still beaming wide, and no one seemed to have gotten impatient with him yet. Well, with all that said, I think we'll be able to think up something that will satisfy us all, the Count began, looking far more pleased about the situation than at the beginning. If the only requirement is that it's nothing material, there is still quite the list of appropriate recompenses to choose from. Perhaps something along the lines of a special honor, the Count suggested. If an accepted the compensation is certain legal exemptions, she tried to put delicately. But Luke nearly laughed at the way the Countess's perfect diplomatic mask slipped for a moment to show the blatant curiosity, trepidation, and a hint of something performatively disapproving underneath. Then there must have been no objections to the granting of certain rights as within our power, should there? She finished as gracefully as she could, which, granted, was very graceful indeed, despite her earlier stumble. None that I can think of, Vader agreed, before Luke could do much more than open his mouth, and he shot him a look for that that only earned him the sensation of a smirk in return. Oh, he knew exactly what kind of corner he'd just trapped Luke into. Fucker. Luke sighed and shifted in his seat. As long as it's nothing that directly results in a material reward by proxy, it should be fine, he agreed begrudgingly, unceremoniously shot punting a distant sense of displeasure through the bond, much like one would a grenade less than a second from ignition and drawing up his shields tightly before it impacted. He had bigger problems either way, and there were loopholes big enough to fly a Star Destroyer through in his last statement, 
and he could only hope that the Quarters would be more respectful of his boundaries than to do so. For a moment, both Quarters looked contemplative, and Luke could see their thoughts flitting out as they sifted through likely every award they could possibly think of. If he was honest, it had him just a little nervous, something that wasn't helped by Vader's soothing burrs that rumbled through the bond and pressed up against his shields, only barely serving to cover up his amusement. And the longer he sat there, the more he thought that he should just... What about an honorary citizenship? Tyrion piped up, bright and filled with a confidence that came so rarely to him. Whatever Tyrion had just prepared, evidently it was far more than Luke would have expected. As both the Count and Countess immediately shifted their attention over to their son, first in astonishment and then gradually, with more and more conviction as the suggestions sank in. Experiencing a confusing cocktail of both dread and curiosity, he rapidly tapped Vader across the bond, shoving the mixture through the air to try and make his request as clear as he could. He'd be sorely disappointed as he found that his home was experiencing just as much curiosity as he was, though notably none of the dread and all of the intrigued excitement, anticipation... He wasn't sure what that meant for him, but right now all he could do was pray that it meant something good. An honorary citizenship, the Count muttered, more astounded than contemplative. I believe we may have just found the answer to all of our issues, the Countess seemed to agree, smiling warmly at her son. Well done, Tyrion. Tyrion, in return, smiled brightly and barely seemed to hold himself back from beaming before turning to Luke and finally noticing the confusion present. I take it you aren't familiar with how honorary citizenship works within Chitabaske, sir? He asked meaningfully. He is not, Vader confirmed with an audible measure of amusement that took a good chunk of restraint on Luke's part not to respond to in a manner that would be deemed childish. And you are? He shot back as mildly as he could. Okay, so maybe his restraint wasn't all it was cracked up to be. He still got points for trying. I know enough, Vader confirmed, something Luke felt an irrational frisson of annoyance by, but it was quickly forgotten when the attention of his home shifted over to Tyrion with a respectful nod, anticipation and a strange, bumbling excitement welling up within the man that he'd never seen before. A well-thought-out and worthy suggestion, young Count. Well, now that was certainly interesting. Worrying, but interesting. Tyrion didn't quite seem to know what to make of Vader's praise, simultaneously wrestling with what seemed to be a knee-jerk response of low-level instinctual terror and pride in equal measure, so he decided to throw the poor heir a bone and get himself some information in the process a more common multitasking process for him than he would have once thought a few years ago. Clearing his throat lightly enough that it could be mistaken for an accidental noise, he turned Tyrion's attention back towards the matter at hand, startling like a wild fawn that had just learned for the first time what headlights were. Tyrion looked straight at him with the widest startled eyes he'd ever seen before a jolt of realization flashed through the air and an embarrassed blush set in. Right. The air mumbled, evidently trying to cover for his brief lapse in composure as best he could, and Luke was inclined to let him if it meant getting the information he wanted. Honorary citizenship works 
rather uniquely unquat compared to the other planets of competitive size and population, Tyrion began. Steadier than he'd looked before as his presence sunk into a curious kind of professionalism that Luke could relate to. Instead of it directly granting citizenship to Quat, each city can grant the citizenship of its own and, by proxy, citizenship of the planet. Tyrion, Luke interrupted with a tired smile. You assume that I understand what an honorary citizenship is at all? It sounded all right, specifically with the honorary part included, which he could only hope prevented it from being anything too extreme, but he couldn't recall it ever having really come up in his studies or trawling of the Hollinet for information, which was effectively the same thing for him. I didn't exactly get a formal political education or anything approximating it. Oh! Tyrion flushed a deep ruby red, and embarrassment suffused the air so thickly that it stung Luke's nose. Right, my apologies. He shifted slightly in his chair and with a small breath continued. Honorary citizenship is an honor awarded to non-citizens for extraordinary acts that a government entity considers to be worthy of it, Tyrion summed up, sounding like he knew the exact definition by heart. Depending on the entity awarding it, it can be a fully honorary title with nothing attached to it, or be a far more substantial title which grants the bearer several special rights within the relevant sovereign entity. Subsequently, every government goes about it slightly differently, and depending on the rights attached to it, the frequency with which it's awarded. All right, so far so good. And what can I expect from honorary citizenship in Chitamaske? he asked, curiosity now well and truly alight. Well, Tyrion continued, folding his hands as he glanced to both of his parents, who were watching the whole conversation bursting at the seams with pride. Historically, we haven't had much use for purely ceremonial or empty titles, and the same is true with this. Wait. Tyrion smiled warmly, and Luke could already feel it building in the air. Generally speaking, honorary citizenships of the various cities of Quat, including and especially Chitamaske, grant full legal rights to the recipients essentially making them full citizens without many of the obligations that the normal citizenship has, like paying various taxes. Wait, hold on. You would be granted every right that a normal citizen of Chitamaske has, including the right to housing, health care, and a pension, should you choose to claim them. The Countess supplied as pleasantly as could be, even as Luke felt like the room was spinning and tilting beyond anything he could. And you would be able to do other things too if you wanted. Tyrion added happily, clapping his hands together. Like a work in the public office, or vote in the public elections. And the world froze still. He couldn't tell if he was still breathing or if time was still moving as the last few words echoed through his head, bouncing off of a mass of thoughts and feelings still just out of reach. Vote? His voice whispered without any input from him sounding as small and soft as could be while thoughts sparked and sputtered like a failing engine. This... this couldn't be real, right? There was no way this could be real. There was absolutely not a single son's forsaken way. Yes, little one, Vader murmured next to him, 
placing a warm, heavy hand on his shoulder while warmth and pride and love flooded the bond and slipped through the cracks of his staggered shield, filling up his core with a gentle dark heat glowed like the coals of a campfire within his chest. Vote. Truth. And reality came crashing down on top of him. Air rushed out of his lungs and left him lightheaded and spinning and adrift in dancing spots of black and white, but none of that mattered. None. Because he'd be... He would have... He would be able to vote. He would have the right to vote. Freeborn of a free man, runner and runner, voluntary exile of society, creature of the wilderness, and he would be able to vote, to have a voice, to be listened to, to have a right to a voice and to be listened to. A gloved finger brushed against his cheek with all the gentle care of someone touching spun glass, and with a start, Luke realized that his cheeks were wet and tacky, and that he could taste salt in the corners of his mouth. When had he started crying, and why couldn't he stop? A hitched breath left his frozen lips, and he hastily brought a hand up to cover and stifle them. Even as grief and joy so deep they cracked his core, blurred together in front of his sight, and then dripped out onto his cheeks, this was... he was... A shuddering breath was all he could suck in while his hand was still pressed firm over his mouth as he tried to hold his emotions in, tried to understand what was happening, tried to comprehend the magnitude. But an avalanche of thoughts kept pouring forth with a raging, grieving, weeping joy, with an understanding that this was happening, with the feeling of his father, grandmother, and the Skywalker clan who went before all, looking over his shoulders and smiling down. Peace, Lukesh, Vader murmured while keeping a steadying hand on his shoulder as Luke fell through any composure he thought he had and drowned, drowned, drowned in the reality of the moment. Peace, he murmured again, but it did nothing less than nothing, because he could feel, understand, know, live, breathe just how overwhelmed and overjoyed Vader was alongside him in the moment as well, and, and... He could vote. He could speak. He could choose. Nothing mattered as much as that did in the moment. And there was nothing, nothing that he could imagine that could be, that was... He could vote. Breathe, Lukesh. Vader ordered him gently, still rubbing his shoulder and a flood of cold, fresh air entered his lungs on sheer instinct, out of a breath he didn't even know he'd been holding. There you are, Vader muttered. There you are. Breathe. He kept breathing, taking shaky, measured gasps that were better than nothing, even as he could feel the panic and worry thick on the other side of the table, but he couldn't care, couldn't care right now. This was... This was too much. Too much to process and handle and think about and know and... I'm all right. He gasped around another shaking sob that fought not to be stifled in his throat. He cleared his throat as best as he could and tried to remember where he was even as the room kept spinning. 
I'm all right. He tried again. Hoarse as if his patron had filled his throat with sand, but steadier than he expected, and in a language everyone understood this time. I'm all right. Sir? Tyrion squeaked out. And Luke could barely glance up over his own hand that was still trying in vain to stifle the shaking sobs within his throat. But when he did, found himself met with the roundest green eyes he'd ever seen, fearful and shaken. He was like a spark to volatile fumes, clearing the haze within his mind to the point where he could think and remember again, and register the pain and confusion hanging so thick and sharp within the air that it stung his nose. My charge, ran through his mind like an electric current, and with a last gasp of fresh air, he began to take in one, two, three deep breaths to get himself back into the bare minimum of composure again. I'm fine, Tyrion, he tried to reassure, knowing he was as unconvincing as the promise of a cheat at the moment, trying nonetheless. I... He took in another deep breath, rough and hitching, but steadier than before. I was not expecting that, he admitted as soon as he had his voice back under control. I lost control of myself. Tyrion tried for a shaky smile that didn't even seem to convince himself, but was a brave attempt nonetheless. That the bad the suggestion, uh-huh, he quipped. Most likely aiming for something light, but falling miserably short with how heavy the anxiety covered the air around him, darkening the air like soot. Luke huffed out a small, somewhat pained laugh as he tilted his head to grant Vader a better angle to wipe away the tears that had spilled forth unbidden with gentle, achingly gentle fingers. You have no idea what you just offered me, do you? He mused as he took in the nervous lines of the quadras expertly hidden within the two elders and Tyrion making his best attempt of it, but still clear as day in the scintillating crisp air around them, sharp with anxiety. I would doubt it, Vader supplied in a low rumble while gently dabbing away the moisture with a corner of his mantle, soft, soothing waves of warmth and love smoothing out some of the sharp edges to the inexplicable joyous grief that still thundered through every last vein of him. I find that the truth of the Outer Rim is so rarely known within the more inner circles. Luke breathed out a laugh while tilting his head to a different angle for his home. True enough, he agreed, quirking a smile at Tyrion who flushed, likely remembering what they'd just conversed about while on the run. No, Tyrion, it's not... it's not bad. He answered as steadily as he could. It's... it's just... He sighed. I wish that the rest of my family was here to see and hear this as well, he eventually decided, and felt like he had just emptied a single drop out of the cavernous well of emotion still roiling within him. I wish that they could hear that after generations of suffering in silence, one of us now has a voice. And that struck a chord with them, particularly with Tyrion, who reared back once he'd fully processed the words, equal parts discomfort and recognition within the words, something his parents immediately recognized. Dotson? the Countess asked, concern evident. 
Tyrion immediately deflected onto him with wide, pleading eyes. He acquiesced with a nod, and gave himself two seconds to prepare for what was to come, as Admiral Piet had once advised him. Tyrion already knows it, he admitted carefully, quietly, unable and unwilling to be any louder about this than necessary. But my family did not always enjoy the freedom I have now. For generations before me, we were slaves. He worked his jaw for a moment before adding, And I am the first freeborn of them all. The fact that the Quarters had exactly no idea how to respond to that was clear in the uncomfortable shift of their bodies and the thick discomfort that veiled them within the air. That was all right. Luke could talk for the both of them, probably. He was already starting to feel more than a little drained from it all. It had been a long few days. Never mind the fact that no one has been able to vote on Tatooine since 862 BISC, he added on almost as an afterthought. The huts made sure of that. And that's when it all began, according to the ancient tales, when the Age of Burning started. Burning crops, burning books, burning temples, burning cities, burning people. And in the end, when the last council of elders had been burned, the Hots claimed Tatooine and her children, the rest of the galaxy either not noticing or caring that the planet descended into an endless nightmare they were still waiting to wake from. In comparison, it was barely a blip in their history, a few centuries compared to a story that spanned millions of years. And yet it was a blip condemning generations. Hmm, Vader agreed hooking a finger under Luke's chin to gently tilt his head again to dab away the last of the tears. I do believe Tatooine is still formally listed as a hot colony, even as they ostensibly agreed to cede the territory to the Empire. Luke made a soft, derisive tone deep within his throat. Would it have made a difference? He asked under his breath. Careful to keep his words where only Vader could hear and understand them. Words which his home gave no indication of having heard, beyond a brief flash of conflict within himself and a split-second hesitation in his movements before he continued dabbing away at his tears. It was enough. Baby steps. The Quadra still hadn't made a single sound, but that changed when the Countess seemed to overcome her shock and swallowed hard. I am... Sorry, she began quietly, for your people's loss. As am I, the Count agreed, and Luke. Luke was somewhat taken aback by the genuine remorse that welled up out of both of them in drips. He hadn't expected them to feel this way. But the Count continued and genuinely seemed to be morose at the picture he'd just painted in only a few sentences. No people should have to live... Without the voice, as you say. It felt odd, accepting such a sentiment from someone who lived places like the Marble Palace and apparently indirectly governed an entire planet. Especially when the greatest luxury he'd known for the majority of his life was being allowed to sleep in on days when he would have to run an especially dangerous flight in the evening in order to conserve his energy or being able to top off his pouch of uni R. Odd, but... Not unwelcome. Thank you, he said with a dip of his head. Voice remarkably steady for all that he didn't feel it. This 
Everything was still too much, too fast, and too raw for him to feel anything like a stable person at the moment. His heart felt both empty and full at the same time, and there was a buzz inside his mind that rung through his every thought, turning it just a bit fuzzy at the edges. The idea of being able to do what he'd only ever heard stories about from distant times long, long ago, of something the Huts hadn't even bothered to pretend to keep around, was larger than he could readily deal with in either his heart or mind at the moment. But the world did not stand still while he tried to gather his thoughts, and Tyrion was already speaking again. I, I don't know what we can do about that, Tyrion admitted. Or how we could make that right, but Quat would welcome you. The air finally met his eyes head on, steady in both body and mind. And you would have a voice here. I can promise that much. And he shouldn't accept. Everything he'd ever been taught told him he shouldn't accept, but damn it, he wanted this. And he'd promised his cooperation already. I would love that, he admitted. And it felt like an admission to himself as well. Something that he hadn't known he'd had to admit. Then I believe that settles the matter. Vader rumbled quietly, aglow with pride, memories, and a warm, contested joy. I believe it does, my lord. The Count agreed with a smile that measured equal parts relief that the matter was settled, and a pride that was unmistakable as he glanced at Tyrion. Well done, my son. The pride seemed to be infectious as it sparked through the air and tapped against his skin like rain, jumping from father to son when Tyrion lit up with a smile at the praise. Well-deserved praise, in Luke's opinion. None of this would have gone as smoothly if it wasn't for Tyrion already knowing him well enough to grease the gears between Luke and his parents. But still. Is that all that's needed? he asked. Could it really be handled off this quietly and simply, between just the five of them and with only a single emotional slipstream for him to tumble through? Somehow he doubted it. We will need to put the proposal to this at the council, Countess Quata admitted with a tilt of her head before gaining a somewhat icy look on her face as a ruthless air swept around her like morning mist. Though I expect that they would approve the motion rather quickly. Well then... He supposed that the Quanas and the Council would be able to work that out. Altogether, that didn't sound too bad. Of course, we'll need to have them agree to a date for the ceremony as well. The Count added on casually. And there it was. Of course. He sighed deeply, but quietly, and tried to tell himself that it wasn't the end of the world. He'd done a public ceremony before, he'd survived, and that it'd be fine, it'd be fine. This couldn't possibly be worse than the nonsense the Emperor had put him through, right? The people there would probably be nicer, too, if the Quanas were any indications. So he'd just have to stand there, try not to embarrass himself, complete all the right steps, and it'd be fine. And then he'd be able to vote. And when would this be happening? He'd just have to get this over with, and hey, maybe this time he'd meet more people like Leia and Zev there. And if not, at least he'd still be able to talk to his home. After the medals are awarded, 
Certainly, Vader chimed in. And it was only by the skin of his teeth that Luke didn't swing his head around fast enough to get whiplash. Excuse me? He asked, certain that he'd heard that wrong because what? But Vader merely glanced aside, positively radiating both amusement and pride. Surely by now you're aware that with exceptional service comes recognition for your deeds, little one, he rumbled lightly. And Luke was trying his best not to react because, of course, of course the military bureaucracy would find yet another way to make him participate in more pomp and parades. Why not? What did you do? He said, flatly unamused and projecting that in every part of his tone and expression he could. If he knew the man even half as well as he thought he did. Approved the nominations of the Navy Cog and the Wounded Valor Awards that were filed by the relevant officers, came the blithe answer. And he nearly cracked a tooth with how suddenly he clicked his jaw shut. Maintaining eye contact with Vader, Luke worked to loosen his jaw and sighed again, something which he seemed to be doing a lot today and also something which he felt was continuously justified. The second highest valor in the Navy? He asked flatly. Really? I am not quite sure what you are asking, little one, Vader replied, barely concealing the smug amusement in his voice. And Luke raised a pointed eyebrow. He hadn't told a lie, but it also wasn't the full truth, and they both knew it. He held the stare flatly, and eventually his home gave in with a chuckle. If you are curious, no. I did not persuade any of the personnel to file the nomination. You created the environment necessary for such actions to spontaneously occur all on your own. And of course you made sure to approve it as soon as possible, he stated. He didn't even have to accuse, he just stated it and knew it was true. Because his home was exactly the kind of person who would do that. He knew that much after he got confirmed that it was him who had authorized the festival over a month ago. But of course, Vader agreed as if it was the most natural thing in the world. Which it probably was to him, going by the incredibly satisfied air that hung as heavy around him as it would a cat who got the cream. Luke held the gaze for a few moments longer out of sheer spite. But in the end, there really wasn't anything he could do about it. The paper trail had apparently already been made, approved, and sealed at a pace that he would find inspiring if it hadn't been dedicated single-mindedly to making him stand on a stage again to get a piece of metal pinned to his chest. He knew it was more than that, he did, but he didn't particularly care after his last experience with it. Even, apparently, other people did. But it wouldn't be the Emperor he would have to deal with this time. And it would make his home happy. He couldn't believe he was about to do this. Again. So we're doing this before the other ceremony, he asked tiredly. Still not really believing this was a situation that was actually his life now. Flights, flights he understood. Machines and engineering too, but this... This was beyond strange. Suns and sand, he was a runner. He wasn't meant for the halls of politics. That's why he'd hired Zev. Indeed. Vader agreed happily, for once sounding less smug about his victory and more so simply pleased. After the military accolades have been settled for your heroics, the civilian side of the matter will be handled off. Well then, two ceremonies. 
He could survive that, right? At least without embarrassing himself. Who knows? He might even have fun. And once it was over, he could vote. Suppressing his what? Umpteenth sigh? Whatever. He let it slide. It was important to Tyrion. It was important to his home. And he hadn't been struck down yet. He could roll with the punches as given. Well then, he began. Shifting in his chair to regain some comfort and hopefully some composure after everything. Sons, he needed a nap. Is that everything handled that needed handling in this meeting? He asked. Waving away the random thoughts within his head that were starting to drift as the situation began to catch up with them. Certainly everything in regards to you saving me, Tyrion agreed, blushing quietly while folding his hands. But there's still the matter of everything else that happened after the attack. Like the enchanted train that now lies in a rather unsightly crater in the middle of one of our historic squares, the Count supplied easily. Which I believe several Imperial engineers were already surveying the last time we were updated on the situation. He finished the last sentence with a significant look towards Luke, who wasn't even trying to appear innocent. Or the memorial that will be held soon for all those who perished, the Countess continued, exchanging looks with her husband. We will want to conduct services before any trials start in order to strengthen the cases being made against all those who caused such grief. I assume Luke will be asked to give testimony in such cases? Vader rumbled, his entire demeanor shifting over and telling Luke that they were indeed past the portion of the conversation he'd most dreaded. And he was still alive, how about that? That would be preferable, Tyrion managed to get out, clearly still scared of his home, but managing it well. I'll have to give testimony as well, as one of the people that was brought to safety by him in order to attest to the crimes committed in their pursuit of us. And then a clear moment of hesitation and a spike of sheer fear as Tyrion worked up the courage for another question. Would you be willing to give testimony as well, my lord? Yes. Luke answered before he was even fully aware of it. Yes, he would. Maybe he shouldn't have said that. Fuck it, he was committing. Courts run by mortal hands were annoying, tedious, and the ones on Tatooine never did like dealing with the wraith even as and when they'd had to. But considering the last time he'd had to deal with them, he'd met the Silver Stranger and put a halt to a traitor, it was worth it to put up with them, even aside from the intrinsic value they had even when he was a being who was supposed to be outside the laws they governed. Vader clearly didn't share his opinion from the annoyed side glance that Luke could immediately feel to begin burning a hole in the side of his skull. Tough. If he had to show up for several political events, then his home could join him in the courtroom and give testimony, no matter how annoyed he was by it. Little one, just what do you think you're doing? Vader rumbled lowly, prodding at the mental bond. Luke raised an eyebrow as he met his gaze and laid the bond wide open. If Vader wanted to know his rationale, he would, and all the stubbornness he'd tied to it as well. If I'm to allow myself to be paraded around, you can tolerate having to give some statements to deal with these hunters, he replied pointedly, trying to keep the discussion as quick as possible to not exclude the Qantas for too long. It will set a precedent, should I enter a courtroom, Vader pointed out quietly. A member of the Royal House of the Empire agreeing to testify for a planetary court. 
and Luke inclined his head in a quick agreement. It will, and I don't think it's a poor one, he quickly shot back. Agreeing to let and help the legal mechanisms in place deal with a criminal is rarely a bad look. When Vader still didn't seem to be fully convinced, he decided to throw the man a bone he'd been stewing on since yesterday as well. Besides, he added with a small, vicious grin, nothing will make them suffer more than having the entire weight of the law thrown at them without also tying us down in the process. And that caught Vader's attention. Luke could see the quick round of considerations and calculations being made behind those lenses, before finally the results were tallied up and he was granted a curt nod shrouded in vindictive determination. Very well, he agreed, including the quarters in the conversation again with the shift in language. I will agree to testify in the case against the Sixth Company. He then tilted his head down in a significant manner at the gaping quarters. I expect that you understand that this is not an agreement to be tested to the extent it will stretch. Of course, my lord, the countess agreed, seemingly on reflex before the entirety of the situation caught up with her, and she shot a shrewd look toward him instead. Luke held her gaze evenly and raised an eyebrow at her. If she wanted to say something, she could damn well do so. Tyrion, meanwhile, was looking between the two of them with a look of sheer astonishment. His mouth opened and closed once, twice, thrice, before finally managing to produce a coherent sentence. And the... Would you both perhaps be persuaded to give an interview to calm the public somewhat? Tyrion posited hesitantly, promptly encouraging both him and Vader to exchange a single glance and come to a unanimous decision. Don't push it, he said. And Vader promptly let out a deep, growling sound layered over by static and agreement. Luke was tempted to tell him to stop being mean, but really after all the concessions they just had to make, he wasn't surprised that this was where the foot was put down. As pale as the quadras became after Vader's all-but-threat at the prospect of having to give an interview, Luke had to give Tyrion props for how well he managed to quickly stuff it back down again and nod. Noted. Rolling his shoulders as much as he could get away with while in polite company without looking as restless as he was, he posited what was hopefully but doubtfully the final question of this conversation. Aside from the matter of the train, is that everything that was meant to be discussed here? Technically it was, the Count allowed, and oh, he didn't like that answer. He didn't like it one bit. But there were some matters we would like to discuss concerning the maintenance cycles occurring within the shipyard, the Countess continued. Specifically some of the more unusual requests you posited for the internal reorganization of the various ships, the Countess finished, and all right, yeah, Luke could understand that bit. He had made requests which would involve some rather specialized production procedures, if not procedures which would need to reinvent some wheels. A quick mental inquiry to Vader about whether or not they'd have to put up with this returned a mirror of his own feelings, exasperation lined with resignation and determination. Really a lot of Asians. Sharing a quick, tired, and reluctantly amused glance, they nodded their acquiescence to the quarters. They were already here, might as well. Excellent, the Countess exclaimed while clapping her hands together. We'll call for both the relevant reports and plans to be delivered, then. Along with some refreshments, Tyrion quickly added on, 
receiving a split second of confusion from his parents before the memory kicked in that Luke could in fact drink in front of other people and outside of a sterilized environment, unlike his home, which was a painful reminder of the state the other half of his matched set was in, but sons, he'd do something about it someday soon. Very soon. He just needed to scratch together the time necessary in order to make it happen, and there would be time. He'd make sure of that. But of course, the Count agreed. Recovering and covering for his wife admirably while signaling towards the door with a small device that hummed at a high pitch. In that one moment, Luke had to admire the teamwork the elder two Quadras were displaying. Compatibility was clearly not an issue between the two of them. And while the Countess seemed to take a more frontal role in most interactions, the Count covered for his wife's back with an ease that spoke of experience. Within moments, a Bothan with glossy gray fur walked in, clad in a crisp blue and silver uniform. With a curt bow towards the lot of them, the man straightened back up and sharply folded his hands behind his back. My lords, my lady, he greeted curtly. I'll head the butler, Mr. Litina the Countess introduced, before directing her attention towards him. Could you please arrange refreshments for us and our guests? The usual for us, and... She shot him a questioning look. The hot chocolate drink, if at all possible, please? He quickly supplied. And breathing a sigh of relief when Mr. Itina merely shot a split-second glance at Vader, evidently thought the better of it, and promptly dipped into a curt bow before turning around and marching out of the room, a man on a mission. He already liked him. Not even ten minutes later, the man walked back in with the drinks balanced on a literal silver platter, a speed which frankly impressed him. He dropped them off without a word, and exited the room again with one last bow, leaving Luke with a full mug of steaming hot chocolate that smelled sweetly of calf. It didn't fix much, but it sure did help with the stress. Taking a sip from the mug and enjoying the sweet, rich liquid, he warmed his hands on the mug enjoying the tingling sensation that coursed through the sensors within his hand as it translated the heat. Yeah, he definitely had a favorite new drink, and hopefully it'd carry him through the coming talks. Peering over the rim of his mug, he sized up the quarters, grinning when he noticed them doing the same. Vader made a soft rumbling noise, a thread of inky agreement plying itself through the bond, swirling with the same intent. The Quadras were good folk from what he'd seen so far, but they were also merchants at their core, and neither he nor his home had overlooked that fact. If he had to guess, they'd be entering some rather interesting negotiations in the next few moments, even more interesting since he had the faint suspicion that the Quadras would actually be rather more agreeable to work with him than most other merchants he'd encountered in his life. Or perhaps they'd be more willing to work with Vader, but considering the state of their tethered souls, he didn't see that much difference in the matter. It served all the same to him. The moment he finished sipping his drink, he lowered it and shared a single, meaningful look with Vader before coming to an agreement with the ease of a mere thought. Well then, he began with a small grin. Let us begin, Vader finished up for him. And just like that... The Quadras understood exactly how the playing field had shifted. The next hour is spent discussing more practical matters with words flashing like blades in a sword dance, lethal and precise, deceptive in their elegance. The Quadras were experienced merchants to the last, 
with the art of haggling and closing deals running through their very blood, and even Tyrion showed the teeth hidden behind his demure smile instead of his usual nervousness. But no matter their experience, Luke recognized early on that both he and Vader were a wild card dealt into their usual games. Bound in soul and thought, they played off of each other without a word exchanged, and discussed matters between them at the speed of the mind instead of the mouth. He could see the heads of the Quadras spinning, and pushed down a grin as Vader effortlessly relayed him and pressed the attack, pardon their inquiries. Now that he and Vader were no longer at odds, the conversation became a lot more enjoyable, and there was a certain thrill in this banter. There was a certain item on your itinerary that is quite unusual, are you certain? And Vader swiftly cut in that he was. There was an issue in the scheduling for the night crews with the overtime they'd need to be working in order to complete his extra adjustments to the ships. Would there be payroll space available? He'd handle the organization of the engineering corps units in Death Squadron to cover the night shifts. The Quant shipyard's engineers could handle the day. They discussed and haggled their way through everything, from the specific grades of materials needed to the specific tools used to install the various changes. It was a hassle to negotiate everything, from where the clean rooms and decontamination chambers would need to be set up for the more sensitive, delicate items, to what types of identity authentication and security clearance levels would be needed in order to deal with some of the high-ticket items. One didn't exactly leave railguns the size of city blocks unattended after all, and that was Chitamaske city blocks, not Mos Eisley city blocks. Even with him and Vader working together as a well-oiled machine, the negotiations were going smoother than expected, and he had a feeling that his earlier suspicion of the Quanas cooperating far more with their demands than they normally would wasn't as far off base as one might think. The way glances were routinely exchanged between all three of them and then concessions followed quickly after, he had a feeling that they weren't giving it their all like he suspected they could. Gradually, the light in the room shifted and by the time it fell straight upon both him and Vader and his mug had long since been emptied, the first round of negotiations was petering out. They weren't done, not by a long shot, but they'd managed to agree on a start. Sinking back against the backrest of his chair with a soft groan as the points agreed upon were compiled in a dictation to the respective legal departments, he contemplated that it all could have been a lot worse. Sure, the first part of the conversation had been far from pleasant, but at least the bones had been set, and now all that needed to be done had been clearly outlined. Never mind the fact that almost a week into the gathering, they were finally getting started on the actual maintenance part of the fleet-wide maintenance cycle everyone had yapped on about, and they hadn't even started talking on the larger adjustments he wanted to make. He'd probably need to bring this up in the future sometime, and he had a feeling that three weeks was not going to be enough in the slightest to pull off everything they needed to do with all the delays they'd already accumulated thanks to the attack, whenever that was for later concerns. Right now, he needed a damn nap before he fully snapped and started snarling at the next poor unfortunate who spoke to him. Tired, little star? Vader asked quietly while the Quadras busied themselves with sending all the appropriate information to all the appropriate receivers. Exhausted, he corrected gently. It's been too long firing on all cylinders for me without getting a proper chance to refuel. I need a half-day rest at the very least in order to recalibrate, preferably a whole day to allow me to slip into torpor. I'll be back to full operation after I get that time in. 
Vader rumbled lowly, and Luke closed his eyes for a moment when the inky blackness bled over through the bond and began soothing itself over all the stress points in his tired mind. He burred appreciatively in the back of his throat. This was by no means the longest he'd ever gone without proper rest, but it certainly was the longest time for him without being able to descend fully into a wilder state. Keeping up proper etiquette like Vader had briefly taught him and all these socially acceptable behaviors while effectively running on fumes and instinct was every bit as exhausting as he'd ever imagined it to be. But he couldn't... it didn't matter. He just needed some rest, nothing more. Vader seemed to agree with him as well. You will get your rest, little star, he promised quietly. Once we are done here, I am putting you on light duty for a few days. You need recovery. Normally I would protest that, Luke muttered back at him, eyes still closed and feeling himself start to slump into a little puddle under Vader's soothing rumbles. But you are right. He really did need recovery. Running eight charges through a flight as intensive as his last one always took a toll on him with the amount of energy that was required to take them within his wings, keep them there, and then let them go again. Tethering people to himself only to then have to cut the bonds again was always an unpleasant ordeal. Magnify that by a factor of eight and add in the fact that he hadn't even had his usual web of connections or the home turf advantage, and he'd expended a lot of energy over the last few days cutting deep into his emergency reserves. Even on Tatooine, these kinds of flights had always had him out of commission for at least a day afterwards, if not more, and it was one of the very few times his aunt and uncle permitted him sleeping in and skipping chores while he slipped in and out of torpor. If he could get a few days of light duty and extra sleep after all that he'd had to endure, he wasn't going to say no to it, if for no other reason than that if he kept putting it off, they would only come back to bite him when he least wanted it to. Sir? came the soft inquiry from across the table. And he opened one of his eyes to see Tyrion looking at him with a measure of concern and his parents poorly trying to hide theirs. Are you all right? Apparently he looked as tired as he felt. I'm just exhausted, Tyrion, he reassured with a smile, hoping that at least that didn't look as tired as he felt. I haven't really had a chance to rest yet after everything, and been constantly busy cleaning up the mess left behind. He sighed and propped himself back up in the chair, mourning the loss of the comfortable velvet backrest for only a moment. I just need a day or so in order to rest up, and I'll be right as rain again. For just a moment, all three quarters gained eyes the size of saucers and it was all Luke could do not to snort out a laugh at the ridiculous sight. You... you haven't rested? Tyrion squeaked out in a voice so small Luke was surprised it didn't shrink the air down to match as well, especially since Tyrion definitely seemed to wish he could just disappear in the moment, and his parents looked like they were right there with him. He huffed a small laugh and shook his head. No, I haven't, he confirmed softly. After I got released out of medical, my presence was needed in the order to manage damage control in various areas. I've slept little over the past few days, and it started to catch up with me after the toll the rescue took on me. Vader rested a gentle hand on his shoulder and began to softly knead the flesh, releasing some of the tension stored in the muscles there and making Luke lean into the touch. I'll be fine, he reassured the Quarters. 
who were looking more and more horrified by the moment. After this, Vader's putting me on light duty for a day or two to give me the chance to recharge. I'll be back in full action after that. I, uh, we did not know. The Countess began shakily. We weren't informed that... She cut herself off for a moment, and Luke was surprised by how genuinely upset she looked. How upset they all looked at this information. We thought you were recovering in the private suite. Tyrion admitted quietly with wide eyes, and Luke laughed quietly, tilting his head and catching Vader's gaze from the corner of his eye. Unfortunately not, he denied with a wry smile. But that sure is what I hope I'll be doing for the rest of today and maybe tomorrow. For the next three days, you mean, Vader cut in brusquely, kneading his shoulder again. You have been worn too thin. Three days. That was longer than he'd expected, but I won't disagree with that. He quipped toward his home with a tired grin, before turning back to the quarters. My apologies if this is an inconvenience, he offered, his grin turning apologetic. I'll be available again as soon as possible after... Don't apologize, Tyrion blurted out, his eyes still as round as before. If we'd known... What my son is trying to say? The Count cut in smoothly, even as his expression was as open and raw as Luke had yet seen it. Is that if we had known that you hadn't had the opportunity to recuperate from your heroics yet, we would have scheduled this talk in later. Oh. I... thank you, he said. Not really knowing how to explain how touched he was at the gesture. Do you already know where you would be staying to recuperate? The Countess asked gently. And Luke took a second to blink at her and the question. He hadn't considered anything like that in all honesty, but now that the question was floated, he supposed that he really should have. Ah, a good question, he admitted. Realizing quite suddenly and strongly that the Quarters had absolutely not signed up to be his hosts while he lapsed in and out of torpor for a few days, doing little else but eating, drinking, sleeping, and grooming. Primarily sleeping, though. Whatever else the gathering was, it was a business gathering above all else, not a break. And while to him that distinction may not be that important, on Quad it could be a different matter. I'll probably return to my quarters aboard the Lady. Absolutely not, Vader immediately snapped. The sudden influx of protect, defend, guard, cherish, protect, shield, keep safe, protect. So fiercely desperate in its determination that it nearly knocked Luke flat pouring through the bond with all the thundering power of a flash flood. With the amount of civilian personnel on the ship, they are far from secure enough. I will not stand for it. That's all well and good, Luke said, distantly proud of the fact that he hadn't gasped out the words with how strong Vader was projecting his presence. But I can't exactly impose myself. You wouldn't be, the Countess immediately countered. Looking rather unlike her usual put-together self and supporting an expression he would almost call pained. My apologies, I did not mean to imply that you weren't welcome within our home while you recover, Engineer Lars. Quite the opposite, in fact. You were more than welcome to use the Astrolab suite or the bronze rooms that you are currently residing in to recuperate in, the Count added to his wife's words, rubbing the back of her hand with his thumb, earning a sweetly understanding look that was exchanged between the two elder quarters. In fact, he continued, we insist that you do, Jensen. It would be a great honor for us to give you a place of rest. 
Luke blinked, then exchanged a look with Vader who burred encouragingly, for once fully without amusement and only a fierce desire to see Luke rest. Well then, let it never be said that he would ever insult a host by turning down their offer of hospitality. Thank you, he returned with all the sincerity he could. I would... I would appreciate it. Now then, the Countess said, having recollected herself a bit. Do you know where you would prefer to recuperate, Engineer? He didn't even have to look at Vader. He knew the exact answer. Whichever place is more easily defensible and secured. The immediate sense of relief that sparked off of his home told him in so many words that he'd made the exact right choice. That would be the Astrolabe suite, Tyrion piped up. It may not look like it, but all the walls and doors are reinforced, and there are three secret entrances for a quick escape, all of which are guarded by various means. Then that is the place I would like to try and find some rest, he said in an exhale, smiling when Vader softly squeezed his shoulder, a myriad of emotions shining through that were difficult to untangle but effortlessly conveyed their message. If he had a guess, the man's protective instincts were preening with how they were being catered to right now. Luke couldn't begrudge him it, not when the idea of a fully defensible nest soothed something inside him, too. We'll make arrangements to get the suite ready for your arrival and inform the staff of what to expect, the Countess promptly agreed, smiling a lot softer than Luke would expect someone to smile after agreeing to accommodate an exhausted runner. I'm afraid it will still take some time before we can relocate, though, the Count mentioned thoughtfully. The blockade has yet to be lifted, and there are matters still to take care of here in Chitamaske. And there it was. He was about to say something when Vader brusquely cut in. That is your issue to resolve, Count Quara, he rumbled lowly. My men are already working on apprehending the Sixth Company. You will need to handle the rest. For now... Luke will rest. The Count blinked, and then immediately realized how his words could have been construed. Oh, but of course, he agreed. I did not mean to- What my husband means, the Countess interrupted, giving him a look. Is that we wish you a pleasant rest of the day, Engineer Lars? We will take care of the matter from here. And that was all the signal he needed. With a smile and a nod towards Tyrion, he got up out of his chair, followed by the rest of the room. Then I would ask that you excuse me, my lord, my lady, Tyrion, he said, looking each of them in the eyes. And I wish you a pleasant rest of the day. Same to you, sir, Tyrion said with a smile and a blush, sounding more confident than Luke had seen him even just a few days ago as he rose out of his chair. There were a few mutterings of agreement and niceties, but for most of the part, it seemed that no one was particularly eager to extend this conversation for however long protocol would demand, and bare moments later his home joined him at his shoulder and swept him out of the room with the Quada's goodbyes drifting after. The moment they left the room, sheer exhaustion began to drag at him, and he could already tell that the moment he reached his rooms it would be lights out. Vader, too, seemed to realize that, and held a hand at his back as a support, gently guiding him onwards. Done, he muttered under his breath, relief finally settling in. You did extraordinarily well, little star, Vader murmured back, warm and proud. For all that you did not enjoy the experience, you carried yourself with grace.
don't know, Luke replied with a small grin. I enjoyed the latter part of it rather well. The vocoder frizzed with static and a stunningly soft laugh. Impossible child, Vader murmured, ruffling his hair. He laughed just as quietly and leaned into Vader's side while they walked. Vader rumbled contentedly, and with a whisper the edge of his mantle floated around Luke's shoulder, drawing him deeper into Vader's side and shielding him from the other eyes in the hallway to some extent. Most of all, he simply appreciated the warmth it gave. When they finally reached his double doors, he felt Vader start to pull away, and immediately vetoed that nonsense by leaning in further. With a huff from the vocoder and a spark of amusement in the air, Vader acquiesced, and walked in alongside him as the doors slid open and then shut. A noise of complete relief escaped him as he was finally done for a good long while, and could take a damn nap. Or, well, almost done. When will you rest? he asked, as he unpinned the cloak. Pardon? Vader returned. When will you rest? he repeated, draping the cloak over one of the chairs in the main area, turning back to face his home. I have been on the move ever since the attack, yes, but so have you. So when will you rest? Vader held his gaze, stunned in place and fully silent aside from the cycling of the respirator. Luke kept their gazes locked evenly and didn't bother to repeat his question a third time, knowing that Vader had heard him perfectly well. Instead, he tried something else. I do hope you'll respect me enough to not say you don't need to rest, he added quietly, beginning to unclasp his blaster vest as well. Not when you've been on your feet for days on end. That finally jolted something into Vader, and he turned away from Luke's steady gaze. I will rest eventually, Vader muttered, apparently in an attempt to soothe, but failing miserably. Well, that wouldn't do. How about now? Luke asked pulling the vest over his head and froze mid-movement when a violent turbulence of emotions promptly flooded the bond with confusion, hope, love, bafflement, curiosity, hesitation, wistfulness, as a strange noise choked out of the vocoder. "'What do you mean, now?' Vader asked. And Luke nearly laughed at how baffled even the monotone of the vocoder sounded. I mean, why not take a nap with me? Luke proposed, shrugging the vest off and looking back up at a wildly unsettled Vader. How the man could run an entire military but be so easily shaken up by any hint of domesticity, Luke would probably never understand, even as he knew now. Unless there is some kind of emergency at the moment, no one would begrudge you taking a moment's rest. Not if they do not begrudge me mine. A blare of static filled the room as Vader sputtered, and Luke nearly smiled before the next sentence dropped and he thought of that dead. Little one, I cannot sleep, Vader informed him bluntly, if not a bit desperately. He experienced several emotions all at once, took a deep breath, and told himself not to lose it. I will assume you respect me more than to imply that you cannot take a break, he began pointedly, 
and instead mean that I cannot sleep, Vader reiterated, though this time sounding far different than the slightly disheveled bluntness, and the gentlest of prodding at the bond revealed a deep, dark well of self-hatred, grief, and regret bubbling inside his home, threatening to boil over. Fuck no. Not on his watch. How do you rest, then? He asked, silently congratulating himself on just rolling with the punches instead of screaming bloody murder at kicks about how he hadn't put it in the file front and center that somehow his home had been deprived of the very ability to sleep. And yeah, maybe Vader was of a species that didn't need to sleep, but something, something told him that that wasn't the case. I... Meditate, Vader answered, seemingly just as baffled as Luke by the way this conversation was going, which Luke thought was rather rich, considering Luke was just trying to get him to take a nap, and Vader had just told him he couldn't sleep. Whatever, he could work with this. It wasn't the weirdest thing he'd encountered before, and he could just file this as another reason that he wished he could declare the Emperor an enemy. Have you done that recently? he asked already knowing the answer. Vader avoided his gaze and shifted in place before eventually answering, No, he admitted. Right, he said, making up his mind then and there, taking his home by the arm. We're fixing that, for the both of us. Little one? We, Luke emphasized, are going to rest. Everyone can survive without us for a few hours, and we're both running on fumes. I'm going to nap, and you're going to meditate, nor rest however else you want. Luke. Vader protested while trailing along after him as Luke pointedly dragged him to the bedroom adjacent to the main area. Luke, that is not how this works. He wasn't even going to argue. He merely glanced back with a pointed look and pulled the man through the doors. We've both broken plenty of rules before he said as the doors slid shut behind them, and couldn't stop a jaw-cracking yawn from interrupting himself before he continued. If there's a rule against us, taking a moment to rest. I think we can break that one too, just for now. You are swaying on your feet, Vader noted immediately, and Luke blinked and straightened himself up with just a little help from his home. Immediately, Vader began herding him towards the obscenely large bed that the Quanas seemed to prefer in each of their palaces, gently pushing him to sit down on the edge of the bed. Blinking sluggishly as the exhaustion really began to set in, Luke watched as the mountain of a man sank down and began gently tucking at his boots. Gathering the presence of mind to help him out, Luke was glad he did so when Vader immediately tried to get up and step away after finishing up. Instead, he grabbed his hand and uttered just one word. Stay, he whispered. Like a lance, Luke could watch the word shatter through his home's determination, instantly sending him teetering on the edge. As he visibly hesitated, one soft tug on his hand was enough to send the conflict within Vader tipping over to Luke's favor, and he rolled out of the way as his home slowly, ever so slowly, sat down on the edge of the nest. 
The mattress dipped, the sheets crinkled, but nothing else. And the moment seemed so quiet for the momentous victory it was. Come on, he murmured, yawning again. I'm tired. You're probably tired, even if you're hiding it from me. And the quarters in Admiral Piat have everything well enough in hand that no one will die while we sleep. He paused, briefly contemplated that statement, and then added a begrudging amendment. Probably. That, finally, seemed to get Vader to loosen up enough to huff out a staticky laugh. Impossible, child, he muttered fondly. And Luke offered him a tired but beaming smile, before flopping over on the covers and making himself comfortable, shamelessly nesting himself into the freshly crisp sheets, and not feeling even a little bad about it. It was soft, it was warm, it was safe, and he had his home. It was all he needed. Burrowing into the fresh linen on the bed and pushing his nesting material into the approximate shape, he almost didn't notice it at first as the mattress slowly began to shift. Almost. Opening just one eye, he watched in amusement as Vader froze once he noticed him watching and leaned forward to get a better look at him. With a quiet snort, he promptly reached up towards the man and pulled him entirely down, unable to stop himself from laughing at the undignified squawk that emanated from the vocoder, as Vader tumbled forward until he was lying just as flat on the bed as Luke. With a shake of the helmet, the man propped himself up on his forearms, and Luke got the distinct impression that he was being glared at which only made him chuckle. I suggest getting comfortable, he half mumbled into the sheets, if you even remember how to rest. Vader huffed, attempting to get up before Luke promptly and pointedly rolled over onto his forearms, pinning them in place. Not really, but the sentiment evidently counted as red lenses looked down in slightly panicked bafflement at Luke. This is hardly dignified. Vader protested, but didn't move in the slightest as Luke simply grinned up at him. So? He mumbled. There's no one here to judge us, and I don't need any dignity from you, not from my home. He sighed and closed his eyes, leaning into his home. I just need you here. He was probably barely comprehensible, sleepy as he was. But the sentiment was plain to see within the bond, so he wasn't worried. Vader would understand. And judging from the hitch in the respirator and soft, deep sense of awe that feathered out like ink on blotting paper, he did. Slowly, carefully, like he was made of spun glass. A large body lowered itself fully into the nest and curled around him, wrapping him in a cocoon of warmth. He hummed contentedly and cracked one eye open to see Vader, still resting on his forearms like the grand predator he was, but now far more relaxed, and he shifted to allow the man use of his arms back without a fuss. An incredulous rumble could be heard, and Luke shifted further into his home's side when an arm came up to wrap around him. A dark, inky presence wrapped around him, deep, and soothing, that ushered him off to sleep, 
and he eagerly began to follow it into unconsciousness. His home was here. He was resting, and they were safe. His work was done. You. Vader rumbled so quietly it might have been a whisper. Are an impossible child. I know, he mumbled back, not opening his eyes, and already drifting away in the dark, content and hazy, and finally, finally at the end of his day. That's why you love me. Another hitch. But he couldn't care. Not when he, for the first time in days, was warm, comfortable, and safe. Enveloped in endless seas of darkness that beckoned him forth into sleep. He teetered on that very edge of unconsciousness. And just before tipping over, he contemplated that this wasn't so bad. When he woke up, there would be work to do, crises to deal with, and probably a million things wrong. But he would get help. There would be backup. And nothing would ever be so broken that they couldn't fix it with some time and effort. There would be time. Oblivion opened up underneath him, just as he distantly registered a hand carding through his hair soothing him into a lull to follow that darkness, that dreamless sleep. And he let it, sinking a little deeper into it with every stroke as he slowly tipped over into sleep. Nothing was done yet. There would be so many components yet to face, and he would need to be quick on his feet in this strange new world. But not right now. Right now he was with his home, Right now he could rest. Right now he could simply be. And just before darkness claimed him for the land of dreams, he swore he could hear something between the soft strokes through his hair. A deep, rumbling voice that answered a statement he'd already forgotten. Yes, the distant voice whispered. I do between one heartbeat and the next. The darkness swallowed him up and he was asleep, swept away from a world where those words meant something and mattered, and his memory of them along with it. But it would be all right. Some distant part of him knew as he forgot and began to dream. In the end, there would be time to remember again, brighter this time and clearer. In the end, there would be time. And with that last, distant thought, he fell asleep. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jackdaw Cry, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, Please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.